I love movies. Gosh, I love movies. I love watching them, and I love making them. Three, <laughs> two, one. Welcome, everybody, to the House Six Movie Podcast, our movie podcast about movies. This time, we have a couple of Oscar contenders. Well, they people think they're going to be Oscar contenders, but only we know. Um, oh. <laughs> and we're, we're going to be watching King Richard, starring Will Smith, The Power of the Dog, which is Benedict Cumberbatch Netflix vehicle, and... We also have Ghostbusters Afterlife, which could actually win an Oscar if (laughs) for music or something. It could happen. Um, What about Oscar-worthy performance from Phoebe? From Phoebe, yeah, Phoebe. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Phoebe's not here with us today, but we got some co-hosts. We got Jared, who he. Enjoys chasing Paul Rudd through Walmart, don't you, Jared? I do. He, it's he's so concerned, but I'm I just have so much fun. <laughs> and then we have Alex, who he wears the short shorts in his family. Don't you, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so what's, what's, what, what's to Michael's? It's to so say? unpleasantly true. <laughs> We do have Michael. He he learned everything he knows about podcasting from Bronco Henry, didn't you, Mike? <laughs> he wasn't very good at it. That's why I learned what not to do from him. <laughs> and Thomas is still in the afterlife. We we just haven't been able to summon him yet. So maybe next time. <laughs> we need a couple of demon dogs. That's all. Yeah. We got to get the key master, and you know they have to do inappropriate stuff. It's going to be weird, but. <laughs> So let's get to the trailers and news. Uh, the biggest trailer that happened while we were away was the second Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, um, which is pretty old by now, but there's because there's a bunch of TV spots now flying out there on YouTube land. So, but what did you guys think of that second trailer when it first popped up? The movie's gonna be ridiculous, purely and absolutely ridiculous. I got it. I hope I don't feel like it'll be too much, but there's there's a lot in this freaking movie. <laughs> like, and then I, there's one line I caught because we watched it just before Ghostbusters today, and uh, the line that I caught that um, when Doctor Strange is talking about how they all have to die basically, and Spider Man's like, I don't want that to happen. I didn't even catch that until this thing. Like he's talking about like the villains need to die because that's how they ended in their timelines. So I was like, holy! Oh, yeah, I didn't catch. I didn't catch until this time watching it. it was, movie's gonna be wild you're out there chasing ghosts he says <laughs> true <laughs> get the busters yep <laughs> um so this trailer and all the other trailers didn't show us the rumored toby mcguire andrew garfield um but if you notice in this trailer at the very last scene when spider-man's jumping at the three villains most of the villains aren't even looking at Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Um, the lizard's, like, looking completely down from him. Um, and I think it's... Sandman's kind of looking at him, but Electro's, like, up here. So, And then if 
there was this Brazilian trailer that um, was on the web, and um, it shows a little bit more of that scene. And um, it still doesn't show anything, but it shows like the lizard get punched like from like an invisible hand. Hmm. So obviously, Marvel's not showing us everything that's going on in this movie. So yeah, they're they're clearly in it. Clearly, clearly, if they if they <laughs> just brought back Doc Ock. I think we might have said this before, but if they just brought, brought back Doc Ock, I'd be like, eh, maybe not. But they're bringing back Willem Dafoe. Like, it's just, yeah, they're they're in it. Is there no bad guys from Holland, Spider-Man? Not that we know of. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Because I think there was rumors that Vulture is supposed to be in it or something like that. You would think so, because it seems like it's like the Sinister Six. Yeah, it's Kind of how many villains? But... Miss opportunity Venom. for you. <laughs> oh, Venom! Yes. Is he a bad guy? <laughs> <laughs> He'll be just like oh, he's bad. Popping at the end. There was a <laughs> rumor going around. Joke. There was a rumor going around the internet that if this is true, we'll probably just like break people's heads. But the rumor <laughs> was um, like a portal's going to open up. And instead of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, it's just like two Tom Hollands walking out of the portal. <laughs> it's the Tom Holland from the first movie, then the Tom Holland from the second movie. <laughs> Night and Monkey. Then movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then Nathan Drake's Tom Holland comes out. No one knows yeah. why. How much backlash do you think there'll be if there's no Toby and <laughs> The Andrew? world will burn, Jared. The yeah. world will burn. <laughs> I think that because the expectation of this, they would have that's they would have gone back and reshot it. They I don't think that even if that was never part of the plan, they'd be like, guys, we have to do this. People are gonna hate us. Which even part- if even like if Andrew Garfield just refused to do it, because there's all those reports that he's on <laughs> Yeah. They would have the Feige would have went and just like tied him up and they would have just put him in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so moving on from Spider-Man, which is coming out pretty soon, so we'll get to talk to that, talk about that real soon. Um, we have some other trailers. Let's go to uh, Pixar's next movie, which is Turning Red. And Alex is doing a happy dance, so... Yeah, looks great. <laughs> I'm very excited about this one. And their art style is slightly different, so I'm like, good. Just makes good. me want to be a red panda. I just want to be a rig, big red panda sure. running around. That'd be so fun. That'd and be you, awesome. <laughs> you know what? Also, their eyes don't bother me in this spot or in this uh, trailer. So hmm. I'm trying to remember if they're very different. But they look, this one looks like the most like the Disney animated ones. Yeah, it it's funny because it looks different, but it kind of looks more lower budget to me. Yeah, yeah. but guys, guys, what? the more I see, the jokes aren't landing. The, the the panda's very cute. I love the panda. The, but everything else, not so much. I think I like, I'm with you. I think the story is going to be kind of just whatever. Yeah. But yeah. I want to see a big red panda jump on rooftops. <laughs> <laughs> I see Hulk baby come out. What? And it looks like when, you, when she jumps, look, she's like changes like the Hulk jumping across the city. Oh. But she's, she's a little baby. baby. She's, yeah, she's a little she's baby. Green. She's a little baby. 
He's a little girl. She changes into a buff monster that throws dodgeballs at kids' faces to take it off. I did like that. I wouldn't like to see the dodgeball actually hit the child. I know. <laughs> was... I like how it just like gets all big in one arm and she chunks it. That's like an anime I watched. True. About pandas? Or dodgeball? No, it's... Well, it's um, that trigger one where called BNA, Best New Animal. She can transform certain parts of her body into an animal. It's kind of like that. Hmm. So you're saying Pixar is just copying anime now? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Is that confirmed? I wasn't, but now I am. Uh, next one we have is Dog, um, which is not the power of the dog, which is the regular dog. Um, just and dog. this stars Channing Tatum, I'm told, because I get him confused with John Cena. <laughs> John Cena has wow. arms as big as Channing Tatum's head and neck. Really? Dude, yeah. John Cena's arms are enormous. They're like I his... need to see those two together. <laughs> <laughs> Just side by side. Like, yeah. <laughs> like as a couple? Yes. <laughs> see that. <laughs> Fan fiction hour. <laughs> so you guys interested in this one? You guys like dogs. It's kind of like... I feel like this movie's for you, Joseph, so you'll like dogs. Me? Yeah, because it's like it starts off like, oh, this dog's angry and rough, 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 but then you get to learn about the dog. But but really from the trailer, it's like you see where this movie's going. I'm sure it'll be good and enjoyable watch, but it's like I, I can see the movie already. I've seen it. I've seen this movie in a different flavor or different skin. True, but this movie se- this movie seems like it'll be just very delightful. I'm sure I'll love it, but there's no chance in hell I'm paying for, to watch this movie. If it's on streaming services, I'll throw it on while I draw or something. Yeah, you but I, I would do that. I've been watching The Flash while I'm drawing. <laughs> no, I grew up watching like Beethoven, Homeward Bound, all those dog movies. And you still don't like dogs. It's pretty much. <laughs> I'm just indifferent. It's not that I don't like them. <laughs> okay, Jared, this one was for you. Um, we have Marry Me, which is with I, I J-Lo. Like it. J-Lo <laughs> and Owen Wilson. At first, I thought you lost your mind. <laughs> and then I started watching the trailer, and I started smiling. I was like, I might go see that by myself. <laughs> Dude, I'm totally going with you. I'm totally going with you. This is a movie that looks ter- terrible. And yet, I was like watching the trailer, and I was like, I have to know what happens. <laughs> I know. <coughs> that was very much the same as you, Jared. I was sort of it, and I was like, who is this movie for? Like, where, 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 where am I going to get enjoyment out of this? And then Owen Wells comes up, like, oh, there's me. I'm in the movie. Okay, I get it now. I see. I'm seeing. Oh wow! You'll only watch it if it's a white guy in the movie. No, okay. Moron, wow. Every, hilarious. I'm saying because you know it's like all about this. Like, oh, pop star. We love. Oh, like. Worship, whatever, da, da, da. and then he's just like, "Why what am I here?" here? <laughs> he's like, I don't, <laughs> I don't like any of this. He is looking old in this trailer. He does like, look he never, old. Oh, poor old like, Wilson. I never noticed it until this trailer, and then I was like, "Whoa, he's looking which, a little old." Which is weird because we just watched like Loki yeah. this summer, and yeah, it was this one. Maybe don't say that. Sure. It makes me sad. <laughs> Maybe he really doesn't like pop music and the movie just ages. Okay, the next two are kind of like indie ones that I found. 
So let's talk about Wild Game, which I can't tell if this is a parody movie or what. I was wondering half the time if I was watching the wrong trailer, because this looks terrible. I was like, I have to be watching the wrong trailer here, because it's, I don't know, it was a... Is this the one where the guys are, like, dressing up like cowboys, going on a hunt, and then all of a sudden... shoots a guy that, like, jumps out of the woods and says, hey, neighbor, and then shotgun him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you just killed Wilson, or whatever that territory man's neighbor My head was down during the trailer and he said howdy ho neighbor and i was like the heck i was, <laughs> I was like is this home improvement did he actually say that i don't even remember that it's something like that oh like hey there God. neighbor <laughs> just shotguns him in the gut <laughs> it's like... it looks like it wants to be dramatic but it's so stupid <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of that uh red dot movie because oh. like oh, there's yeah. like the rednecks that are hunting him down and he, they killed one of them or whatever anyway it was a long time ago, huh? True. <laughs> it was. But this one looks worse. This one looks worse. And then the other one was C for me, proving that there is an app for everything. <laughs> but not a movie for everything. Wait, is that an actual app? I don't think so. I don't know. I was Look like, that. that's kind of, kind of brilliant, actually. But Yeah. Anyway. So it's about a yeah. blind woman who... She's like going through a home invasion, so she calls this app that where I guess the people they look around for you on your <laughs> phone. <laughs> it's like the sequel to Hush, which was a deaf woman who got home invaded. So, and I think it was Netflix too. So I don't know. Fair enough. Movie doesn't look good though. Looks pretty bad. No, no. no. It looks like a cool idea. Yeah, it looks like a cool idea, but they didn't. Also, does she have like Bluetooth earbuds in? How how is she hearing these? This the person talking <laughs> yeah. to her and everyone else isn't. Um, yeah, that's kind of like the she has to have Bluetooth earbuds. Kind of the big like, duh, like why aren't they hearing her talk to her? Yeah. But <laughs> I thought what was going to happen was because she got locked outside and then she goes to that like sliding door that looks frozen. I thought she was going to like come across like a body or something, and so it's going to be like a mystery thing. So I feel like it'll be easier mm. to pull off and that kind of thing because you're not trying to. Make it believable that guys aren't seeing a shining foam while she's walking down hallways. <laughs> but I thought she was just gonna get locked out of the house and like freeze to death. But <laughs> who knows? All right, so let's get on to a little bit of news. I don't have much. Um, Michael Douglas, who plays Hank Pym, he would like a prequel movie. No, too no. bad, Hank. Get over no, it. No. I would like an 80s type of Avengers movie. No, no, cool. no. The only problem is then we'd have to have that like weird CG face Michael Douglas the whole time, and that would be pretty... Oh, yeah, that's true. Pretty not cool. Maybe it's a prequel like right before the first movie. <laughs> Just like his life. <laughs> like a week before. <laughs> oh, um... Hugh Jackman's rumored to be involved in the Doctor Strange reshoots. Oh my god. Interesting. That's weird. That would be wild. Alex, what would you do? Not unwelcome. Not unwelcome. <laughs> we need someone screaming in Doctor Strange. <laughs> Alex, what would you do if Hugh Jackman just popped up into this movie while you were watching it? I'd be screaming in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everyone would, really. Yeah. Where... 
Where are all his movies? He hasn't done many lately. He did Reminiscence. for the podcast. I know, I know. He did Reminiscence. That's about it. Like, I can't think of any movie really besides that since, like, The Greatest Showman. Yeah. Well, He's been doing harder. Broadway and stuff. So he he sang uh, making baking pancakes on True. TikTok <laughs> or Instagram. If you saw that, interesting. No, yeah. <laughs> he was very briefly in Free Guy. But... Oh yeah. Maybe he's just enjoying that sweet Wolverine money, <laughs> relaxing. Well, he should make some more money. Maybe Ryan Reynolds won't let him leave him alone. They they made like a bet, and he has to like do Broadway for like six years. <laughs> six years. Yeah. All right, uh, Scarlett Johansson and Marvel are working on a top secret non Black Widow project, which he's going to be producing. So that could be anything. Black that Widow. Could pretty much be anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, John McPhail is a director, and he's going to direct Dear David. Which is a Twitter thread about a man whose apartment is haunted by a boy with a head wound. So we are in the age of Twitter thread adaptions, because I saw some other news about another Twitter feed getting adapted. Wait, are they taking the material from a Twitter thread and turning it into a movie? Or is the movie about a Twitter thread? Okay, No, no, they're taking... So we went from like podcasts being adapted to shows, and now we got Twitter threads. There's no respect for writers anymore. So we're we kind of had. I was going to say we're waiting for the 4chan movie, but I guess that was kind of like Slenderman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about 4chan except for I just shouldn't go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tom Holland, there was a lot of speculation about whether he would come back as Spider-Man after No Way Home. Um, they're definitely saying he is because they're going to make like another trilogy with him. Even though he was saying, eh, maybe I don't want to do it, but he's going to do it. Too much money. I can't, I can't see him, anyone else as Spider-Man now. I feel like that go Not to Miles. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't think they're going to do Peter again. Yeah, that's true. I, I could go for some Miles. <laughs> How many? <laughs> or, or can we get a Ben Riley, Jerry? No. Oh. <laughs> I, I'd rather no. have Miguel O'Hara than. <laughs> okay. Uh, a Gorillas movie is in the works at Netflix. The band? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. If it, I, I'm pretty sure it's animated. So. Yeah. Because it's an animated band, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, I always liked their style. And then finally, the biggest news of the week is Nicolas Cage will play Dracula in the Redfield movie. And <laughs> what? In the Redfield movie? Or Renfield? Mm. Not Redfield. That's we the one. <laughs> we do need this. I just... I, I'm, I'm hyped for this. <laughs> With Nick Cage, it's always a flip of a coin. Can be great, can be terrible. And... uh yeah. I just, I don't know. You You've guys been know burned too many times. This you know might my... be the Dracula movie you're waiting for, <laughs> Alex. <if> it is. <laughs> I was going to say, you, yeah. you guys know my feelings on Dracula and how, anyway, we'll see. But Nick Cage, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> if you want to follow us, follow us on Instagram.com slash Hell6MoviePodcast, Twitter.com slash Hell6MoviePod. You can also check out 
Jared's Anime Podcast. That's good anime wherever you find this podcast. And subscribe to both of them so we can get some likes and stuff like that and grow the podcast. So you can, so we can get some emails. Good Lord, I want some emails. <laughs> Just what about physical mail, Jared? How about letters? Yeah, you, you know, can do that too. You can send it out, and I'll catch you. Just <laughs> yeah, to all our international listeners, just throw a bottle into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I'll check every shore I can. <laughs> we don't even live near a shore. Oh man, we'll find it though. Don't worry. How hard can it be? Hey. Let's get into the movies, and Jared will introduce us to the first movie, which is called The Power of the Dog. Uh, I might need your help, <laughs> or anyone that wants to chime in. Anyway. So, Did you just watch this? Yes, and okay. I don't, the whole time I was like, what is this going for? I don't really, so what this movie is about, is about, it stars Benedict Cumberbatch, and he's kind of, he's kind of a gruff cowboy, kind of just like, Wants to make ropes, I guess. Um, <laughs> Just wants to make them ropes. His his brother is played by Jesse Plemons, um, and on one of their uh, what do you call it, like a trip to get some cowhide? What do you, expedition? I don't know. Sure. Oh, I don't know. Sure. I'm not Western. <laughs> I don't know. Um, That's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> they stop at a. a a hotel. I don't know what they're called back then. I, I don't just, know. I don't know terms for back then. <laughs> and they eat at this lady's house. Sure. And this sure. lady is recently widowed. Um, she has a son. He's a bit like effeminate, and he's like making flowers out of paper. And Benedict Cumberbatch is like, "These are beautiful. They're almost real." <laughs> and he starts smelling them, and he's like, "Oh, I actually made those." And he's like, "Oh." Oh, and then oh. he makes fun of him. It was the 1800s. It was like that back then. It was um, 1925. Was yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, didn't wa- I wasn't paying attention. Um, anyway, um, that makes the young boy cry. Um, Jesse Plemons, he stays after the meal and he hears the mom cry too. So he's like, He's like, sorry for my brother, and then he eventually like marries her because they have a connection, I guess. Even though I didn't really he feel like they even liked each other. That so- was she he just helped serve a meal. That's all. <laughs> he gave people lettuce. <laughs> Apparently that's how you get married. Um <laughs> well, I've been doing it wrong this whole time. <laughs> Pours me some iceberg. Um, Hang on. <laughs> get that romaine out. Um <laughs> so they get married, they're all living on a ranch. He torments the poor wife and the uh, son. Um, she used to play piano for like the movies, um, and so he gets a baby grand piano, and he's always like, "Oh, you should go play that." And she's like, "No, I'm not very good." And he's like, "Play it," and she's like, "Oh," <laughs> and um, so she gets real nervous, and then Benedict Cumberbatch kind of like, "You, you, you practiced a lot. Why aren't you playing?" And she's just like real nervous and stuff like that. He just torments these poor people. And um, a lot of shots of rivers and men splashing around, having a good old time. <laughs> um, but during one time when Benedict Cumberbatch is taking a bath, um, the 
young man uh like watches him and he's like you get out of here i'm naked um and eventually he kind of like soften ups towards the the boy and he kind of like takes him under his wing um he tells him he's gonna make him this rope for him um and they just start to like hang out basically um and then oh man i don't remember what happens um oh yeah the wife so benedict cumberbatch had all these cow hides um the wife why they were gone sold it to some traveling merchant and he comes back he's mad and the son's like i have some um cowhide during the the movie this kid's into some weird things he's making paper flowers he's dissecting rabbits he's doing all <laughs> kinds of weird things but he has cowhides oh i think he goes to school for like to be a doctor or something like that um but he's like i have this cowhide what benedict cumberbatch doesn't know it's from a sick cow and he never deals with sick cows because back then modern medicine wasn't good. You're probably going to die. Um, so he gets the hide. He finishes his rope, but that's what ends up. Spoilers for everything we talk about. He gets sick and he dies. And then that's how it ends. So I don't know what you got from that. I don't know what I got from that. <laughs> um... <clears throat> I can't say I didn't like this movie because I was never bored and I was never like just like looking at my watch but or like my like at the time but I don't know what it was going for it just like um just a gruff man opening up to someone I guess his love of uh, Bronco Henry and all he, all his teachings you forgot to sick mention of... Bronco Henry. <laughs> I just did. Um, and you did in the beginning of the podcast. Um, I was getting a little sick of Bronco Henry. Bronco Henry this, Bronco Henry that. What do you got to say, Benedict Cumberbatch? Um, Benedict Cumberbatch was... It was all good acting, I, I would say. There was no one that stood out as, like, not doing a good job i just i don't i didn't get anything from this movie but i didn't hate this movie i don't have much to say about it um yeah i don't know i'm gonna pass it off to michael see what he see what he thinks about it uh this movie's weird this is like well first of all i think this movie has terrible terrible progression it doesn't have bad pacing because i felt like like you i wasn't bored during this movie like i was in it the whole time but i'm like what where are we going and what like like you said he he meets this girl, but it kind of makes it seem like he knows this girl, but then he doesn't know this girl. And then he's married to the girl, but there's no real clear time progression here to them moving in together. Like how much time has actually passed? I don't know. This like it feels like it's all could literally be in one weekend and they're married and she's drunk in the bed <laughs> and she just got drunk really fast. Like they, 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 they don't do a great job visually or like using dialogue to, to explain that there's time pass. And like this leading up into because you're saying Benedict Cumberbatch's character is super gruff and angry. And <clears throat> to, to, to my knowledge, he was in love with Bronco Henry and they were, you know, lovers and everything. And then he starts and that's why he's so gruff. He's like, oh, he's, these flowers are so fruity. And the boy, he, he sees the boy and he's angry at the boy because the boy is, you know, 
little more flamboyant, him, but, but uh, yeah. and then and then, and, but but so it, that so that scene confused me when he was like in the field and he had that handkerchief. I was like, mm-hmm. who's? Because I I think I looked away for like he had five the seconds. initials. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh okay. It yeah, had, it had BH, BH on it. But it had BH on it, but I didn't make that connection. <laughs> Honk. Do what? I said big honk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't make the connection to Bronco Henry for some reason because I feel like they had mentioned him maybe twice before that, and then they kept talking about him later after that. So then I made the connection later. But anyway, but yeah, it had a BH on the little whatever it was. Yeah, so it goes from him hating this kid to the kid seeing him in the water, and he screams and yells at him, says, "I'm gonna don't you ever come back here!" Blah 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 blah. And then it's like literally the next scene and they start becoming friends. And he's like, okay, we're gonna be cool. Like there's no transition there. It's just like an immediate change of role for him to being, you know, this, I'm gonna teach you about this stuff. We're gonna, I'm gonna lead you down the path Brock and Henry let me do. We're gonna, you're gonna learn all this stuff, teach you how to ride and everything. And so then it leads, of course, to the point of where they get in that scene, the last scene, whenever he's making the rope for him, like he gives him the hide. He's like, oh, that's super kind of you. I'll make this rope. You can stay with me while I make the rope. And then he questionable of what happened that night. And then he wakes up the next day. But like through this whole thing, what leads to the end, because I'm, I'm super confused. So I'm like at first, I feel like I get the idea. I'm like, OK, I see where we're going. You didn't want to tell us in the beginning of the movie what we were going for, because you wanted us to keep guessing of what these characters intentions are. And it lead into us learning about Benedict Cumberbatch's just past with Bronco Henry. But then leading through all this, there's this creepy music and it keeps playing creepy music. And you're like, why does it feel so ominous and weird and dark? And then it hits the end of this movie and Benedict Cumberbatch is dead. And this is what Alex and I took from this movie. Or I did correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, but like it seemed like the boy killed him on purpose. Of course. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's like why? What, where, where is the well, idea? At the this? beginning of the movie, he has like a monologue saying that he had to protect his mom or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Always have to protect their mom or whatever. So I was expecting that like I'll get to it when I go, but... And there's the scene scene where she sells the hides and he finds out. He's like, I'm going to kill her or something like that. So I think he was just protecting... That's so weird. There's a scene even before that where she's kind of like breaking down and he's like... I can't remember what they're talking about, but he says, I'll do it for you. You don't have to do it. Hmm. I think I remember. I remember. I vaguely remember that scene, but... I, yeah. I also think that uh, that just ties it back into the title of the movie. I think that's that's the one thing that I think they were actually trying to go for is the whatever, whatever the meaning of this title is, where it's like the power of the dog. Well, he's talking about like the power, power of that that him as a dog had. had over everyone. And then he had to put the dog down pretty much to get rid of the power that he had. That's what, what I took. But Oh, is that what it was about? That's I thought it was I just did. on that. I thought it was just about that scene where they're looking at the mountain. He's like, it looks like a dog's mouth, and then that's. Well, what did they you remember read? that scene? Yeah, what I think that was just tying into it's a, it. Comes from one of the Psalms, like yeah, Psalm it's like a twenty-two. Verse. Yeah, it says, "Protect yeah. me from the sword and the power of the dog." So yeah. I, I think that's what he was doing. Is he was protecting her from the power of the dog? So. Yeah, but I didn't I, know there was dogs in the Bible. Like, <laughs> <laughs> back then, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this 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 the movie the movie's intention was super skewed for me throughout the entire thing. Like I feel like they, uh, I don't know if they were trying to keep it mister mysterious kind of the how it goes cuz to me I totally felt like the kid was enjoying being with Benedict Cumberbatch fully and like 
it was like, hey, my mom is kind of a, you know, because like he saw the bottle and he pushed the bottle under the blanket like he was ashamed of her and stuff. And but I don't know. This movie's weird. I don't get what's going for. The guy that Todd from Breaking Bad, he has not been normal ever. Like he's <laughs> so weird and how he how he like I I don't know if you call that good acting or what it is because like his interactions with people are like I wouldn't come near you with ten a ten foot pole like who are you you're a creeper coming in grabbing my lettuce doing weird things while I'm crying I don't he's so weird and then like has anybody seen like interviews with him does he act like that or no idea (laughs) no way but why does he always play the same guy He's like, like the same weird guy. Like, there's no reason for him. And like, he doesn't ever answer his brother. It's this weird, silent treatment for not really a good reason. I mean, his brother calls him fatty all the time, but he, but like the way he handles it and reacts to it, you just feel so out of place. You're like, what are you? Where are you coming into this? But I don't know. He was a, he was probably the weirdest character in this movie, <laughs> but he wasn't really in it that much after like the midpoint. But. I don't know. This movie is weirdly paced. Um, great acting, like you said. Everyone did a great job. Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch I feel like did. I like whenever, uh, whenever he yells at the piano guy. He's like, stop it or I will. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Just kind of a psychopath. But I don't know. This movie was uh, all over the place for me. I don't know. Um, you can go ahead, Joseph, if you want. Okay. Well, <laughs> I really like this movie. Um, <laughs> I thought it was like the best Netflix movie we've watched this year. Um, which isn't hard because Netflix movies are not that great. But um, so what I like about this movie is that because I was expecting like unlike Michael, I was expecting it something to happen like the whole way through. And that's why um, that's why I thought they played that like the creepy music and they try to like just they put like a just dread over the movie because the whole time you're expecting Something bad to go. I thought um, that it was going to be Benedict. I thought Benedict Cumberbatch was going to do like more bad to this family first because he really just yeah. he just torments the mom <laughs> with the music, which is um, uh, which is funny because she's like playing that piano part and she's messing up, and then all of a sudden from upstairs you hear him on the banjo and it's just like perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that scene was really weird too because at first I was like is he trying to play with her to encourage her yeah, he just that's trying to I... say like I'm good you suck at everything yeah. you, should, you should feel terrible about yourself so confusing because uh, there's another part in this because the brother like brings the governor home um, to to have dinner and they want him to meet um, the brother because um, he plays this real gruff rancher guy but you find out that, like, you find out he, he's good at music with the banjo and whatever. And then they talk about how he he actually went to college and he studied the classics. So he's, like, actually kind of brilliant. Um, but he just puts on this um, tough facade because of the Bronco Henry thing. Because he kind of, like, worships this guy. Um, um, he not... He, they were lovers, but he he just like he he even has like a shrine to him out in his barn yeah. with like the saddle and like the plaque that says Bronco Henry friend and whatever. Um, so he's just like totally. It's almost like a cult that he started around this um, Bronco Henry guy, like with the other ranchers too. He's always telling them stories about um, 
like they ask him, did Bronco Henry tell, teach you this and stuff like that? And he's always telling them stories about it. So he's, he's just like built up this cult around this guy um, from his past. And then, um, and I think the movie, he's basically, he's stuck in the past. Like he doesn't want this change. He doesn't want his brother marrying this girl. Um, Cause he wants he he wants to live out on the range with him. Like he asked him, you know, let's go let's go hunt and stuff like that. But the brother, he obviously he's ready to have a family and he's ready for love. Um, but he's still like intimidated by Benedict Cumberbatch, um, his character, and it, I think the movie shows that because the brother kind of disappears for a long time, like. The wife is there the whole time, like, being tortured him, but you don't see the brother, like, at all. Like, not even in the ranch, um, out in the ranch or anything. He's just, like, absent. And I think that's the, how the movie just shows that he um, is, like, he's a coward and that he's never going to stand up to the brother um, for his wife. Um, so she feels powerless against him. And um, another thing I liked about uh, the way the movie shows that he tortures him is that um, after the piano scene, every time like Kirsten Dunst's character is on the um, screen, it plays the piano melody, but it plays it like out of tune, like like how she was messing up. So I thought that was really cool how like every time she he was on screen that they would just play that creepy piano um, melody that that was all messed up. Um, but yeah, so the movie. Um, for me, it, I, just, I thought it did a good job of just putting this dread that you thought something, something's bad going to happen the whole time. Um, and you find out, like, it, it, you find out that it's going to happen to Benedict Cumberbatch because, like we said, before the brother takes upon it, upon himself to rid them of this kind of, like, this, like, to them, it's like a demonic force on their family. Um so he like comes up with this plan. Um, he's a doctor, and then um, he finds that do- dead cow, and it has anthrax. So he 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 like, like dissects it, gets the the whatever they call the hides or whatever. Um, so and then like you were guys were saying, it was kind of weird in that one scene because that one scene. Benedict Cumberbatch is like yelling at him, running away, and then on the very next scene, he's like warming up to him. But I think I think that was because that the two kind of shared a secret. Like for the first time, Benedict Cumberbatch, because he's kind of a loner, even though he has all these guys around him, and it's probably because of the secret that he holds that he was in love with um, Bronco Henry. I think for like the first time, um, he. I think why he despised the boy so much is like Jared said, because he saw himself in the boy. Um, like he tried to be rough and because um, he wants to hide that part of himself. But with like the son, he doesn't have to hide that part of himself. He can like share that secret with him. So I think that's why that worked. Um, um, so the, the kid's like portrayal of him is kind of, it's kind of hard. Cause like, uh, that's like the first person Benedict Cumberbatch is like warm to, but he ends up killing him because the way he treated him before. But uh, I, I, I like the movie. I thought it was good. Like you guys said, all good acting all around. Um, 
I think Benedict Cumberbatch uh, would definitely be in the running for an award. Um, based on, like, because, like, this one's being, um, him and uh, Will Smith are kind of being compared to saying, like, these are the two Oscar um, winning performances this year. Um, I don't know about that. There's probably other ones that we're not thinking of, but between these two, I would say Benedict Cumberbatch was this movie. Um, he was a little, his acting was a little better in this one, but we'll talk about Will Smith later. Um, and then we'll throw it to Alex now and see what he thought. Yeah, pretty much, uh, pretty much on board with Jared, but I actually think this is kind of a bad movie, but I enjoyed it. Like, this movie is so stupid. Like, this movie is so stupid. And I think it's so stupid because the very end. I was really into this movie, like, for nine-tenths of it. And then it got to the end, and I was like, that is so dumb. Like, they tried to turn it and make it this weird revenge murder story. And I was like, what? Like... Maybe if he had actually attacked his mom or something, but he had let, he started leaving her alone after that, by that point. He was, and I don't know, this, this movie meanders like crazy. And sometimes that's fun, but I don't know. This, this movie is so weird. Like kind of like Michael was saying, there's no, there's no clear line of progression, which again, can be cool. It can be fun just to have a movie just kind of just take you. And you're just like, I don't understand this and whatever, but but <laughs> to turn it around to have kind of like a point at the end of like, oh, this is actually a revenge story, like out of nowhere. And I was like, even though I saw it coming, like I was like, he's going to kill him. Like, mm-hmm. or, or I don't know. I don't know if I saw that he was going to kill him, but I, I knew that Bennett Cumberbatch was going to die. Um, but I don't know. This movie's so, so weird. Um, it was, I thought it was nice seeing uh, Kirsten Dunst though in a movie again. I feel like it's been forever. She had a good yeah. Time. Although her character and her son, um, <clears throat> like her character doesn't make a ton of sense to me. It's like you you used to play piano for movies, like with a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. Like, why is this freaking you out now? And maybe it's just because she was out of practice. But I'm like, if you're this bad at it now, <laughs> how did you do it back then? Like, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, and this boy, like, I have a hard time believing that anyone back at that time could have been the way this kid was and not just had the absolute crap beaten out of him. Because, like, he is, he's the wuss by today's standards. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, to each his own, but in that time, I'm like, man, yeah, you gotta, you gotta toughen up. You're not gonna survive. Oh, it's cowboys. <laughs> yeah, like you're not gonna survive. Like, I at mean, the beginning, it, I thought they were like gonna kidnap him and then make him talk. Oh, <laughs> I thought that's yeah. what the movie was gonna go for. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I thought was gonna happen, but yeah, it's just yeah, yeah, like even like even like today, like you know, do what you want. If you want to make flowers, great. You know, out of paper, whatever. But like. Yeah, you gotta you gotta toughen up a little bit just to protect yourself because he was just such a wuss. Like, but to to his to his credit, to this fictional character's credit, he uh, he did jump at the chance to learn. You know, whenever he wanted to teach him how 
how to make ropes and riding a horse. And he got that down. So that's cool. Anyway, um, I don't even know what else there is to say about this movie. This movie is so weird. Like <laughs> what bug like, what bugged me about that kid's character, and it's not acting, it's not it's just his character. His constant he kept calling him Phil like after every sentence. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It got annoying. Do you <laughs> like this, Phil? Is this the right way, Phil? I was like, <laughs> stop yeah. that. Yeah, he just kind of like ran with the uh the go-ahead to say his name. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we, we stopped this movie like maybe a fourth through to do the anime podcast last night. And then I remember thinking like at that point, I was like, I have no idea what this movie's about. And then three quarters through the movie, I still felt that way. I was like, God, I don't, I, and it, and it, at the end when it showed like written and directed by, I think it was written and directed by the same person, maybe yeah. I, don't remember. Mm-hmm. I was just like. Yeah, you someone did write this, didn't they? Like what were you what what were you doing? Like It's actually based on a novel. Oh, I think I'm writing <laughs> that. How weird. I don't know what to take away from this movie, but uh, I did enjoy most of it. I enjoyed all of it up until the revenge bit, and then I was like, god, that was so dumb. I hated it. But who was the director? I never mentioned. I don't know. Jan something. Yeah. Yeah, I think that sounds right. One thing I didn't like about the movie, um, the, it's only like a little nitpick, but like foreshadowing, I know is used a lot for as a plot device, like it, like been used forever, right? But I thought it, this would have worked so much better if it was subtler, because like in the beginning of the movie, um, Benedict Cumberbatch, they're like on the trail and they see this dead cow, and he's like, "Anthrax, don't touch it," <laughs> and then so like the whole end. Is like they want you to be like surprised that it was anthrax, but we you kind of see it like they mentioned in the beginning of the movie, so you kind of knew he was going to use anthrax to kill him. So, so, um, I actually don't remember that at all. You don't, Uh, I guess I I missed that. Yeah, it's like a way, it's like one of the first scenes, but um, and then because at the end he's talking to the brothers, like talking to a doctor, and the doctor's like. You know what I think it was? I think it was Anthrax. <laughs> and I was like, that's so stupid. Why even have that that part in there? I, um, I was like, the audience could guess that, but I guess if you missed it, <laughs> you need a reminder. Yeah. All right. Any last words on The Power of the Dog? The director was Jan Campion. Um, that's one last thing. Um, the ending was kind of like... Um kind of like a no country for old men where it was like a scene and it was like just the kid and benedict cumberbatch and they're both like seductively smoking that cigarette and then the next scene he's getting like prepared for a coffin it was like i think i looked away for a minute and i was like wait did i miss this scene because one minute it's just smoking cigarettes and the next he's dead Maybe, because doesn't he get sick and they have to take him to the doctor? Yeah, they found, yeah his brother found him in his uh, bed, and then he, he gets up, gets dressed, and they both leave uh, in the that car. that is true. And then it changes yeah. to where it's a coffin, which kind of threw mm-hmm. me off, too. I was like, oh, he's dead. Did, okay. oh, that, that does remind me that totally, uh, that, that scene totally didn't go the way I thought it would. I thought that they were going to, like, basically sleep together in the barn, and then they were going to fall asleep in there, and then people were going to find him, and people would be freaking out. And then they, that's where I thought it was going to go. And then not even close. Not yeah. Nope. Very strange. <laughs> All 
So the next movie we watched was uh, King Richard. And it was, I guess I'll introduce this one. I don't think we have any. Yeah. So um, King Richard is the uh, stars Will Smith. Um, let's see who directed it. I yeah, I don't remember either. I think he actively produced this movie too, Will Smith. I'm sure they usually, usually the big star they usually do. True. Directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green. Hmm. So this movie is um, about Richard Williams. He's the father of Serena and Venus Williams, who everyone knows by now are um, two um, tennis pl- uh, female tennis players, probably the best in the game. Um, Kind of revolutionized it with how much like power they had um that wasn't really seen in women's game um since till they came around so this is the story of them growing up um they're in southern california uh and pretty much uh, richard he's this dominating father figure they have um they have like five daughters i think it is um him and his wife um, and so he pretty much has like a plan for each of his daughters. Um, cause he says like, if you're not hard on them, that they'll end up in the street. And that's like his worst fear for these girls is for them to end up in the street. Um, so he's very controlling over their life. Um, some of the daughters are going to be like doctors and lawyers, but for the two youngest, um, he, he just has this vision of them being pro tennis players. Um, so this is like the struggles to get them a coach because they can't afford a coach at all. So you're going to have to um, make a coach believe that these two are just um, like the next it thing in tennis, um, which a lot of people laugh at them because they just like, they don't believe them at all. Um, But finally he's able to show a pro tennis coach like their game. Um, So he takes them, he takes Venus on um, Serena, the younger one, um, he can't coach both of them, so he's for free. So he coaches Venus, and um, so he does that for a while. She does good in um, the lower circuit, the juniors, um, junior tournaments and stuff like that. But then all of a sudden, Richard's like, yeah, we're not going to do juniors anymore, which people think is crazy because that's the way you get to the pros is by playing junior tournaments. But basically, he's like, he he's like, oh, I'm not going to have them burn out because he sees – other tennis players, because tennis players are super young. Um, basically, by the time you're 30, you're pretty much out of the game. Um, so uh, he doesn't want them to get burned out. So he just he just wants them to practice. He doesn't want them to play tournaments or anything like that. People think he's crazy. Um, but he ends up getting another coach um, um, that moves him out to Florida, like houses the family and everything. Um, and then when they get to Florida, he tells them, yeah, we're not playing tournaments because the coach totally thought he had tournament players with him. But he's like, nah, we're not doing that. So they, that causes some drama with them. But uh, finally, uh, Venus pretty much tells the dad that she's ready to play and they let her play. And she plays in this um, kind of invitational tournament uh, where she makes it to the number one. Um, or she gets to play against with the number one um women tennis player of that um, year. I think it was like 1994 or something. Or um, She's only like 14 when that match happened. Um, so yeah, so that's basically you get to see how these well, the 
environment these two grew up and like how hard it was for them um to get to the where they were basically they practice 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 um and they just they were their li- their lives were just like totally um just uh, planned out by their dad who just had this dream and he was going to make it happen no matter what um so this movie is good um it's a sports movie like it doesn't really break that mold of a sports movie um they pretty much have that they all have like that they start out with like oh these kids are great but there's troubles we got like we got to get them through the past these hurdles that are in their way and then um at the end they you know they turn out victorious so it's a pretty standard sports movie um will smith's great in it i thought um but i would say it's kind of a safe performance because you know it's not like he doesn't he doesn't have to do too much to like get through to like I I don't know if he had like a like a scene where I I think it's like it really a good st- episode of Fresh Fresh Prince, <laughs> the real dramatic ones. Yeah. I think there was like a scene that like really propels him to like an Oscar if he's going up against other people, but um but it's good. It's a good movie. Um we watched it with our parents, our parents really liked it, so I I, I could see a lot of families liking this movie. Um, so that's basically my thoughts. So why don't we go to uh, Michael and see what he says? Uh, I actually really, really like this movie. I, I, did we watch the trailer for this? I can't remember. I think we did. Yeah, I think we did, yeah. But I didn't remember that's what this was, which is kind of the one takeaway from this movie is like, why is it called King Richard? It's a very weird title. <laughs> like, it's, it just kind of seems, inter- I don't know counterintuitive to i mean it kind of seems insulting to the story almost the title but but it also makes sense to i don't know but anyway but uh it's it's just such a fascinating thing i mean it's kind of weird because like the takeaway my takeaways from this movie are more about like the actual stories rather than the actual movie itself because i mean i feel like the movie was it was well shot it was well acted and everything but like the story is just so mind-boggling like it's insane just like it, it just the 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 kind of controversies that comes up between all of it like i love i love all the things between them dealing with like his neighbor and how the the two two ideas of hey freedom and let your child live and be them and then him dedication he's like we're going to grow out of this and get out of this cuz like it's that like parents know best but like he he wants the best for them but it's 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 not like it's not like you would expect in a movie like this if it was like written for a story perspective like making the conflict between the children and the, and the father like oh hey dad we don't want to do this we want to live our life like that wasn't ever an issue in any of this i don't know how accurate that is to life of what happened but like like their family was always like hey we're together we're in this and we're going forward no matter what step by step by step by step and that's something kind of he seemed to ingrain in them which i thought was so interesting because you deal with this neighbor who's like hey you're drowning these kids in overwork and pressure and ridiculous it's ridiculous and you know they get the car or cps called on them and everything they deal with that whole thing i loved his speech in there of him yelling at them he's like one thing you'll never see is these kids on drugs here you'll never come in here to get these kids off drugs or get them out into jail like all that so impressive and just like such an interesting character like um i liked how they kind of didn't super delve into his backstory and everything but he would, he would get like those snippets of like the time he told about him taking money and his finger touched he grazed the white guy's hand they just beat him and he's like this is the light like him just basically dragging him out of that life and just like the weird, the wild stories of whenever like John Berman's character, or John Berman, John Bernthal's character. And he's like, oh, no, you're going to you're going to pay for us to live there. 
you're gonna put me on your staff and this is gonna i'm like yeah who who gets away with this who like this this guy is such <laughs> a unique person like what a i want i want like an autobiography just written about him or something like um whoever did it, walter isaacson did um steve jobs it was really great i would love him to do something like that but but and then the other conflicts of like whenever one that i i didn't see coming but i really really like because you know he's always talking about he makes them watch Cinderella and he's like, what's the point of the movie? What's the point of the movie? What's the point? He's like, it's about being humble. Cause you know, they get all excited. Like, Oh, we're, we're the best of the best. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, 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 we're going to do this. We're gonna do it right. Cause like, um, Alex and I were talking the other day. We made, I made the joke. Cause Cristiano Ronaldo, the soccer player. Uh, is it Christian Ronaldo? Or Chris? Anyway, Ronaldo was on the thing. And I was yeah. like, Oh, he's so arrogant. I can't stand him. I was like, you didn't listen to Will Smith. We just made the joke. But anyway, it's just like that, that, that difference of like, <laughs> Or like even my cousins were talking about kind of how arrogant Michael Jordan actually was in his prime time. And like they were talking about documentaries they were watching on YouTube and everything. And it's just interesting seeing this perspective of like being the best, but not having your head in the clouds or like you're a god or whatever. Like it's such an interesting thing he drove into these kids. But then also on the flip side, when they deal with um, him and his wife and she's like, you think you're the like King Richard, basically, you think you're the you're the god of all of us and that. I love these these like weird um, kind of scales of dealing with things in in the sense of like with them and the kids and then with him trying to ingrain in them be humble. But then at the same time, he's getting so prideful of like they're going to be the greatest because I made them this way. I am the puppet master of this weird stuff. But like it's not really like his intention to be that way. He's like he has good intentions, but he's also struggling with that weird god complex in a way i don't know this movie dealt with so many weird things and he's such a fast i mean i can see why the movie is about him really because of what an interesting character he was but good lord it was just i don't know i thought about this movie for a lot after we watched it and i probably will i definitely want to make my parents watch this because i think they would really enjoy it but i don't know i thought the story was just incredible i really enjoyed it but that's kind of my takeaway like the movie itself well done and everything but the story yeah. is what i took away from like of like the impact and everything which kind of goes to the the lives of these people rather than the director or writer but anyway that was really well done so we'll throw it to uh jared over there oh um okay um love me some will smith like i said like uh earlier um when he's dramatic i always think of like the fresh prince episodes where there's like carlton got shot and he's just like crying and stuff like that because it's so dramatic i'm like that's all I can see when Will Smith is dramatic, <laughs> is those old episodes. And um, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I love the, just like the confidence of this family. Like, um, just like how she got that contract for a million dollars. And she's like, oh, we can wait. We can yeah. get more. I was like, if I got a contract, I'd be like, <laughs> fine. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and then she knew, like, she could do it. And then um, she did get more. Like, she's the best of that sport for the long for a while. And um, and just like in the interview, she's they're like, "Do you think you can beat her?" And she's like, "Oh, I know I can." Just like that confidence, so it'd be like, "That's crazy." <laughs> it makes you feel like, man, you should instead of like trying everything, you should have just focused on one thing in your life because then you might be that good. But, <laughs> um. Well, but even in the movie, they didn't focus on one thing. Like, uh, yeah, that's true. Been doing everything, so yeah. Um, but yeah, this uh, one of my favorite scenes was when the the wife finally is like, um, he gets onto her, or she gets onto him, and like lets him know like she's doing just as much work as he is, and she 
has just as much faith in the girls as she, uh, he does. I thought that was a great scene. Um, yeah, I thought that was like that, like kind of outclassed any of his scenes. Kind of like that one yeah, speech yeah. that she gives is like really powerful. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say when you were talking about performances, Joe, that I think that hers is actually better. Not that his is bad at all, but her. No, I mean she they, she had a great scene to work with too. Like she had great lines. So yeah, but but yeah, that scene's great. I love the end, then, um, end thing really fast. Just whatever she has that a serve, and he's like, "My my wife taught her that." Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to um this uh role for John Barenthal, I was like, this is so different from what he usually mm-hmm. does because he's usually yeah. like the tough dude, and he's just like this, like, yeah, let's play tennis, guys. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> it was awesome. Um. I like the look of the film. I don't know why. I just really liked it. It was like vibrant and like, just like, I don't know. I I really enjoyed it. Um, I wish there was like more, because you get that last tennis match um, between the two like top. Um, was it a juniors no. tournament? Cause it no, was, that was, it was the number big... one in the world. Oh, number one. Okay, well you get that last one and. I love tennis. Like, I love watching it. I can't play it worth crap, but I love watching it. I actually got into it a few years ago with, like, Roger Federer and stuff like that. Um, But I really enjoy the sport. I just wish there was more, like, tennis matches that we could have seen. Um, And then to Michael's point of uh, Richard and how he's like, um, you're going to... You're going to take on both my daughters. You're going to give us a house and stuff like that. And then even before that, when he's like, has the old, the first coach, he's still teaching them or her like his way. And not in, you can obviously see the coach is like, just let me teach. And he's like, no, she needs the white stance. And you're just like, ding, <laughs> he finally got this, um, this professional coach, it, but he's still going to teach her what he thinks she needs. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, because normally you'd, like, as a dad, you'd just be like, oh, I got her the coach. He's going to do his job. But he's like, no, I'm going to continue to coach her on what I think she needs. Yeah, it's such a. Shows how so controlling thought, he is. Yeah. Well, it's also like, I don't know. I don't know if controlling is the right thing there. Cause that's how I felt watching the movie. That point, And then whenever he's telling John Bernthal that he's like, no, we're not doing juniors. Like, I was like, in my, my feelings of him, like, what are you doing? Like you've done so well. This is the, this is, you know, you feel like this is the right thing to do because it's, it's what they're saying and everything and all that stuff. But like, really? No, it wasn't like he was, Richard was right. Like he, they, they, he just had this, whatever the heck plan that he wrote, wherever the heck it came from, like yeah. written down word for word. <laughs> and he's like, no, this is how it's going to happen. And we're going to do it this way. We're going to do the wide stance. We're not going to do juniors. We're going to go pro. They're going to learn school. They're going to do this. Like he just had confidence in what he did. And that's just like that, 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 it, it's it's crazy to think that like if this is exa- like a hundred percent true that he has like this some divine like <laughs> yeah. plan that he came up with somehow and he was so faithful to it that it and it paid mm-hmm. off. It's just it's crazy to think about. Well, and um, uh, I I agree, Michael, but I don't think that rules him out as being controlling. I think that you can be right and still be controlling. But he's like literally yeah. trying to tell a professional coach. <laughs> The way to teach his daughter uh, tennis. He's controlling. (laughs) It's funny, though, because, like, he has that plan for them, which, like, 
it worked somehow. Like, no one knows how this worked. But, like, they mentioned it. He, he has these other plans for, like, himself, but they, like, never work. Like, the, yeah. the wife says you have, like, all these businesses that you try, but yeah, they always fail. <laughs> so it's, like, like yeah. a miracle that it worked on these girls. And it's funny, like, when I first started watching the movie, I was like, man, he really cares about those two daughters. <laughs> he doesn't really care about the other yeah. ones. But then you're like, because then he says, like, they're going to be lawyers and doctors. And you're like, oh, crap. Like, they're just, they're going to be just as successful. Yeah. And just like, it's just a different focus. I was just, just like, well, because huh. I don't, I don't know anything about their, like, past or history. So yeah, it's like, cool seeing that. I like that scene whenever he's like, Whenever the CPS comes in, he's like, see, all these three, they're top. They're, she's top of her grade, shop of her grade, top of her grade. These two are going to be pro athletes. Like, that just, that line right there is just, like, just so weird. <laughs> yeah. That was um, a good but no, scene, this... but it was kind of sad that it was in the trailer. Like, no, I didn't remember. It, I thought it would, yeah, I thought it would have been a lot, like, stronger if it was in, like, that's the, tr that's what the, the scenes that the trailer mm -hmm. really focused on, so. And then again, like. To the mom's character, um, to her credit, when she goes over after that scene, she goes over next door to the lady, and she's like, how many daughters do you have? One. And she's like, I have five. And then she yeah. just walks off. She's like, yeah. <laughs> Don't make me come back here. It's like... Um, but no, this movie was great. I liked it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. So let's see what Alex thought about it. All right. Um... It's always hard to talk about true story movies for some reason. It's like, I don't really know what to say other than. I think this is probably my top 10 this year. I think this movie is really good. Um, all the performances are great. It's a crazy story. I was kind of wrestling with kind of what Michael was talking about, where it's like, you know, there wasn't ever that thing that I thought might happen where it's like, well, maybe I don't want to play tennis, dad. Like, maybe I want to do what I want to do. And there's an argument of like, oh, well, should a parent completely plan out their kids' lives like this? But then I'm like, if you look at the alternative that he sees, which is on the streets in trouble, then this makes total sense. So it's just it's just an interesting uh yeah, because like balance act, I guess. If you think about it, like usually we see parents like this that are like just like driven to get make their kids into like pro athletes. We all kind of like, we're like, that's not good parenting. You you can't yeah. do that to kids. And even he like says about the other um, tennis parents that like you should arrest shot. them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it's kind of it is a weird balancing act because uh, he's doing the right thing, keeping them like focused and off the streets. But normally you wouldn't want your parents to be that so it's like demanding and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, like Michael said, there's so many thoughts brought up with this movie because, well, even that, like, I think at the beginning of the movie, he, he says he told his wife that they had to have two more kids to fit his plan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, that's insane. But then also she's talking about all these other kids that he had that he left. And it's like, are you just lucky that th these kids were super talented and smart yeah. or did you finally figure it out? And what about your other kids? I'm like, I don't really know. It's a weird level of like admiration and almost distrust with him. Um, and also I, before I forget, like, I, I don't know why it's called King Richard either. I actually think that it is counterintuitive to the message of the movie where it's like the wife is saying like, I'm doing just as much as you have. 
And like, it's not, you know, the movie's not crediting the kids or the title, sorry, the title's not crediting the kids as much or the wife. It's like just focusing on him. And I'm like, why not just call it like Williams or something? I don't know. But uh, anyway, but, but another thing I was thinking about with this movie, which I think about kind of a lot in general is just like the importance of, you know, parental guidance anyway, where it's just like, when you see something like this, that's it, like Jared said, if you're taking this all as true, um, like the imagine if every parent was this way or, you know, not exactly this way, but was as involved as like, you know, I'm not going to settle for you tr for, for anything, but you do doing your absolute best to prepare for the future, to be ready to succeed. And there's no ands if buts, there's no diversions from that path. This is what we're doing. You are going to be successful. You are going to be, it's just like, can you imagine the world we'd be in? Like it's, I don't know. I was, I was very struck by that in this movie. Um, other than that, I totally agree with Jared uh, about the uh, good old Johnny Bernthal and his <laughs> super awesome short shorts that I respect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, yeah, I thought I said the same thing. I was like, he's, he's playing a completely different character than I've ever seen, and it's delightful. Um, I liked how uh, Venus signed herself up for that yeah. tournament. Yeah. That was cool. Uh, that was <laughs> really seemingly cool. with her mom. They kind of yeah. did it that, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Was well, it was funny. cool, even whenever they chose. Uh... Or no, that was Serena, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, Serena's yeah. the younger one. Yeah, I always get yeah mixed up too. <laughs> yeah, I always get them mixed up because I know Serena Williams in my head. Like that, I know that's the tennis player. And mm -hmm. if you asked me before watching this movie, I wouldn't have been able to tell you the other girl's name. I knew that they had sisters, but I just knew that Serena was kind of considered the best. Yeah. Um. I just remember in real life when they finally like had a match against each other yeah. is huge. I, I, I don't I need to watch that. I, I, I don't know who won. So I, I need to watch that. <laughs> um, but yeah. So what was I saying? Talking about Johnny Bernthal. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I think that uh, it's just it is just crazy. With like, you know, is some of this luck lined up? Like I said, like, do you lucky that you had such athletic kids or, or, or can you really make a plan like this and stick to it and do it? I don't know. It's, it's pretty crazy. But yeah. Very good movie. Uh, that's pretty much all I could think of at the moment. So uh, Joe. Okay. He started this. Well, yeah. I oh yeah, you did. Oh, we're <laughs> I done. did. Oh, um... sorry. Do we have any last thoughts on it, though? No. No. Uh, no. So that was a good one. Um, so Great kid last... actors, I will say. Oh, yeah. They're very good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll move on to our last one, which is Ghostbusters Afterlife. And that's going to be Alex taking us through it. So go oh, ahead, Oh, yay! <laughs> let, me, let me guide you through the afterlife. <laughs> All right, so this is uh, uh, directed by Jason Reitman. Reitman? I don't know how you say it. Um, and it's it's basically based probably like what? How many, did they say how many years after the original was based? I think so. It's kind of 32. Or I was going to say 30. Okay, yeah. yeah. And it, it stars, you know, little, uh, uh, what is his name? Mike from... 
Stranger, Stranger Things. And Wolfhard McKenna Grace plays Phoebe, and Logan Kim plays the uh, uh, podcast. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you know, you got Paul Rudd as the guy, and then Carrie Coon. She looks familiar. I don't know if I've ever seen her in anything. But that's, oh, the mom. Yeah, the mom. Yeah. She, uh, that's basically the main cast. But uh, to start off, I should I should give the disclaimer that I have never seen a Ghostbusters in its entirety. I've seen part of the first one back in the day. I was probably like 17, 16, 17. Got super bored, turned it off, and gave it to my friend. Because um, I, I, I bought when like Walmart had those like really cheap uh, like bins, but they were the bins that had like the multi-movies. It's like yeah, four movies. Yeah. yeah, it was like four movies, and they had all the d- covers on the front. Just hideous, hideous uh, <laughs> uh, graphic, dis- like graphically. But you know, good, good bang for your buck, I suppose. Um, anyway, so I, I, I got a little two pack of both of the movies. I started it, and I was like, I hate this, and then I got it. To my friend. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I, I would like to go back and watch it, especially after this one, because spoilers, I actually really liked this one. Um, but let me go through the story. So it starts off with, uh, can't remember his last name, but it's one with the glasses from the original movie. And Egon. He, Egon. What, what was the last name, though? Uh, it's such as an S, right? Spranger, Spangler? Spangler? Spang, Spangler, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, starts off with his uh, daughter, who has two kids. And they're really, uh, you know, down and out. If that's a right phrase, they are just not doing well financially. She's not good with money. She has no support of uh, male in the li- in her life, and uh, they're being evicted from their ho- apartment thing. And so they don't really have much choice. And her dad from the original movie just died, of whom she had almost next to no relationship at all with. But she's like, hey, maybe I can get some money and you know salvage something from this. La- uh, non-existent relationship so then they move or they go to his house realize that there's nothing like they this there's nothing of an inheritance actually there's a negative inheritance because now she has debt which was a really funny part of the movie um so now they don't really have any choice but to live there in this you know little redneck town with nobody and then they're also further away from the redneck town on a nothing land that's just they call it the dirt farm because he didn't grow anything he just messed with dirt um anyway so it focuses mostly i would say on phoebe which is the daughter who she's she's kind of an outcast she's a nerdy science girl and uh she her mom says multiple times in the movie like try to make a friend you know we have a new start try to make a friend and she successfully does it um with this podcast kid who was awesome. It's just, yeah, I, every time I see a movie like this, I just think like casting wise, like what, where did they find these kids? Like why are, cause these kids are perfect. Like they're like, you could tell sometimes where I feel like podcast kid was thinking about his delivery and like trying to make it funny, but it always was. So I didn't mind it, but Phoebe, like, I don't A even think she's, she's, she's not even she's acting. Perfect. I was like, it's just, she is, this character, like, <laughs> I don't remember ever seeing her in any other movie, but she's just incredible, like, absolutely adorable. And uh, anyway, so she makes a friend with this podcast kid, and then they start hanging out, and then uh, she, 
she finds the, the trap thing in the house. Uh, yeah, that's what she finds. And then she ends up coming across the, what are the gun things called? The the Luigi's Mansion vacuum? Accelerators. There you go. And uh, <laughs> she finds one of those and she's totally not weirded out at all by the ghost of her grandfather teaching her how to repair it. <laughs> and later on in the movie, neither is her mom yeah. weirded out by the, the lamp moving. Just like everyone just accepts it. Um, this is fine. I guess they know that ghosts exist in this world. Um, I guess, even though at the beginning of the movie she says she doesn't believe in ghosts, but whatever. Um, and then they go out and they would have that awesome scene where they try and catch the the chewing ghost because like they they try like twice and it doesn't work, but then they end up actually catching him. But then they end up in jail because they uh destroyed half the town and um. Anyway, I'm spending a lot of time on this. They, they basically, no one believes them. And her, her you know, believes she actually gets them. in trouble. Huh? Paul Rudd believes him. That's true. true. That's true. <laughs> uh, which, man, God, why is he so delightful in everything? Like, it's that whole classroom scene where he's just like, turning on a movie. It's terrible. <laughs> Weren't you out there enjoying a, a wonderful movie or whatever he said? Yeah, I think it's because he knows that all these kids are just stupid. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think that he would actually love to teach because as soon as she shows interest in something, then he's like hyped up and like, you know, but he's also still a terrible teacher that puts her in danger, like by blowing up something in, on the, <laughs> with the bus out front. Yes, like uh, Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. yeah, it's very, very, very similar. Um, he chooses his favorite and then he puts them in danger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So, so no one believes him, And then, and then it becomes very clear because there's this, for some reason, Egyptian temple in the middle of Oklahoma. I thought that was so strange. Um, address it either. Yeah. And then there's a well that's just filled of like the spirits from Hercules that he has to swim through. And then, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and then they all escape, and then they have to, like, capture them all, I guess, but using the original Ghostbusters. Wait, wait, well, hold on. Actually, now that I think about it, who... How did they capture all the ghosts? Did they capture all the ghosts? They captured the Empress at the end. Yeah, all they of them were floating above, and they all went pew, 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 pew. They all went what? They all went in them, too. The whole storm was going in. sucked in. Yeah. Huh. They were going. Oh, yeah, you're right. Egon's yeah, you're farm right. is full of traps, and they, they all got in filled. But but how did the tornado get there? That tornado was like sucking in the spirits. Yeah, it was following them. It was there Where'd whenever they drove from? up to the house. That's so weird. Is it a um, volcano? <laughs> and it went to the farm. <laughs> there's there's so much about this movie where I'm like, obviously a lot of it is probably references and stuff to, that I don't understand. But I, I was watching. Uh, th there are so many things like what well whenever they have the human possession stuff i was like did that is this new is this old i don't know and then because i only remember i've seen clips even 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 from the, different from the first time i tried to watch the first one i'd seen clips from like my uncle watching it and you know seeing like the ghosts going throughout the city and there's that really big green one and um and then, uh, but it's also fun to like have never seen these and not sure. I always was like, was there that big marshmallow guy in the movies 
or am I just thinking of like the 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 Michelin uh, tire commercials? No. <laughs> I was like, is is that what I'm thinking of, or was he actually in those movies? Yeah, he's I thought in I remember him real big, like going between the buildings and stuff. Yeah, and they ride the Statue of Liberty to fight him. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Um, but I always, for years, I was just like, is that in those movies, or is am, am I just thinking of those tire commercials? Um, anyway. And, you know, they save the day, you know, and, and, and there's a scene that's just straight out of Harry Potter four in the graveyard where, you know, she's even got the Harry Potter gla- the round glasses and they, their, their beams meet. That just had like to Warren, be on purpose, Voldemort. right? And, uh, yes. And literally the ghost of her dead family helps her. I was like, this is just straight Harry Potter four. Um, anyway. I was thinking about Dragon Ball Z when he helps her. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Man, did, did J.K. Rowling steal from Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> um, the cell fight where Goku's helping go yeah. on. Yeah, that's really true. Um, it all comes back to DBZ. Um, anyway, uh, that's pretty much it. The, you know, they saved the day, and this movie's absolutely delightful, and it makes me want to go watch the originals, even though I don't feel like I'll like them as much because uh, the kids aren't in it. So that's not a creepier than I meant. I'm going to th- I'm gonna throw it to... Uh, I, well, I... I I read through the story. Is there anything else? The marshmallow guys, real, real cute. They were normal. Oh, <laughs> <love. laughs> it's just like it's like it's like happy tree friends up in here. It's like yeah, cute, it's just, cute mixed with horrifying death. It's like the scene of them. Like how many of them, like them did you ever see mutilated in Walmart? <laughs> but you watch a whole movie of that. Oh yeah, because like not unlike Happy Tree <laughs> Friends, none of them are upset about dying. <laughs> They're all yeah. like, like that one that one stabs two of them and puts them over the fire, and then that one's just smiling, pulling himself <laughs> closer to the other one. Like, it's horrifying. The <laughs> like, they like blend up that other one. <coughs> Sorry, I've been sick. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, I will say I didn't I, I don't really like the possession stuff. I feel like it I don't know. I it made the movie weirder, like when they're like, you know, being electrocuted and then they turn into the dog things, like this is Hunger Games. And I just I, I, I wasn't I wasn't down with the possession thing. It was weird. I, I went I went just I want people these charming characters to all be around each other hanging out like stranger things, and then they're sucking up the really acute looking ghosts. And and also I for some reason in my head I kept expecting Casper to show up. I don't know why. I think it's because those movies were in the same era and their ghosts look similar. And so I always in my mind have paired those together. Anyway, that's why you Casper. Where are you? <laughs> yeah, that's off to say. I'm gonna throw it to Michael. Everyone's throwing it to me first. Um I'm yeah, sure. th- this movie I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Didn't expect it, but I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, except what you said. I really, really, really did not like the possession stuff. I thought it was awful. Whenever Paul Rudd and his and their mom gets taken, it was like it was that that dropped the movie from probably close to a nine, honestly, for me to like I don't know, it dropped it. But like yeah, it's I like I want like you, you see in the trailers and everything, like Paul Rudd should have been there with them. He should have been working this out with them. Yes. Whenever it would have been so good because his charisma with the little girl and how they bounced off and played off each other was so well done throughout the entire movie and then they just make him a dog and he runs off and goes bangs lady in the desert. It's just dumb. And then not only that, but it also was just like cheesy imagery and bad. Like, yeah. like whenever, whenever the whole 
thing comes out of the mountain and the two dogs are on the side and she's laying there. It's just like, this is just like a Scooby-Doo film now. I don't know. I didn't, <laughs> like, I didn't like that. At all. That, that didn't fit the vibe of the movie. And I didn't like it at all. It felt very, very Disney Channel movie. But apart from that, like this movie, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It has that just enough mystery to where you're like, oh, I want to know the next thing. I want to know what's going on, what the next thing is happening. And then Phoebe is just got to be, like I'm saying, Oscar. Oscar-worthy performance. She is literally the golden star. She is the star of this movie. It is so, so good. So, like just her extremely ridiculous humor. <laughs> I could not stop laughing whenever her mom walks out and she's like, don't be yourself. <laughs> it's like oh, yeah. the greatest payoff to all of like them be like, oh, you're kind of a weird little girl, you know, trying not to try to make friends. And she's like, don't be yourself when she's going on a date. I don't know. It was just the, the humor of this movie hit so well for me. But well, but her she could do both where she did the humor very well, you know, but then also there's that scene where she's like, you know, saying like grandpa wasn't crazy and yeah, she's like yeah, crying. Really and I'm like, well I believe you. I totally believe you're feeling this. Anyway. Yeah, that's, that's another thing. Like, like all all the scenes and parts fit so well until it hit like the possession scene, and then at the very end, they're doing so many. Like, I felt like the Harry Potter kind of copy scene was a little ridiculous, and then yeah. and they kept they kept they kept doing like like what I feel like is a big no no in movies. They kept going back. It was like Liam Neeson and Taken Two. They kept going back to the mom. And she's like, oh no, and then two minutes later, but Phoebe, and then two minutes later, oh she, and he's like like. We probably saw the mom. We don't need to see that mom that much. She's not doing anything. We don't care about her reaction to what's happening with her child. Like that whole last fight scene, you probably saw her at least six times with her just one line, one line. And it's just like going, oh, oh, oh. Like it's so bad. It's Again, so back to bad. DBZ. <laughs> Stop <laughs> copying DBZ. It's from the 90s. We're done with it. But yeah, the, 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 the whole last scene, I like the visuals of them all going in at the end, but like the possession stuff and then the weird shots are just a little off but um i also kind of totally missed they did bring we went to alamo and we actually got food because we were hungry but uh he brought our checks at the time whenever let's see what, what where was it? it was right whenever they were going to the volcano but i missed them going to or the mountain not volcano but like whenever they're actually going in to meet jk simmons down there why is he down there i don't know but <laughs> oh yeah that was random <laughs> he was in that he he was yeah. that dead guy he's the dead guy or... and he's like i built this all for you for when you come and then she rips him in half you're like yeah, just why are you in this movie like that was another like scooby-doo moment like you're just ruining the kind of gritty ghostbusters we've had this whole time where it's kind of you know we've only seen one ghost going around we've had little marshmallow people but like it's all been kind of grounded in a sense, not this like ridiculousness, but do you know. not think that that's like going with the spirit of like the eighties? Cause it definitely, I assume, I like assume, they, I assume they took the, the last third or whatever of this movie and were like, let's make it weird and let's go with it. But I just feel like it didn't do the movie a service at all. Yeah. I feel like it was very, also JK Simmons totally looked Asian when he was laying down <laughs> he and kind that, of did honestly, yeah. he looked like, he looked like, uh, uh, what what's uh, never mind doesn't matter go on fair enough um yeah i don't it's not much too much to talk about this but uh but i don't know i just thought it was shot really well. i loved i loved i loved the scene that you saw in the trailer but like whenever they're actually getting the car ready and they're figuring all the stuff out and they're just driving around trying to catch that one ghost but they're making a disaster of everything that scene was so well done i and i don't know why i found the the ecto-1 driving so satisfying like when it's skating yeah. around corners like they they just kind of nailed the audio and visual look of it just like i don't know i loved i felt like it was it's very thrilling but uh i don't know Car- oh sorry sorry yeah, go ahead 
the that scene where the mom is in the car with him finally, and the daughter just pulls the lever and goes outside and <laughs> shoots, like, and then comes back in. She's like, Baby? "Oh my gosh, you're a scientist." <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I, I enjoyed this movie a lot. The characters are great. Paul Rudd should have been in it through the end. Not a dog. That was and then just like that whole scene, like whenever they meet and and she turns into a golden dress. It was terrible. So, so bad. Dumb. Like. Like, so literally, dumb. all the scenes were so curated and well done to that point. And then you're just like, why? Why? I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Because, I, I mean, I tend to overrate things I like. But I would have probably had this at, like, a 10. And then and then as soon as they went with all that, it's right down to, like, a 7. I was like, man, why'd you do this? Yeah, it, it, like, starting to threaten when they went to Walmart. I was like, oh, this is weird. But then Walmart tur- scene tur- I re- the Walmart scene I actually ended up liking, like, with all the weird. Because yeah, I thought it was just going to be one marshmallow coming out. And I was like, oh, there are a bunch of minions. Yeah. Kind of funny little thing. But. And I was like, okay, okay, you got past that one. You pulled that one off, and then they, then they just went to the possession thing, and it was stupid. But uh, apart from that, I thought it was a really fun movie. Very good adventure movie. I wish it had come out of Halloween, though. That's kind of sad. Yeah. It would have been, it would have hit so much more. But Drop oh, the ball. Oh, well, we'll throw it to uh, Jared. Yay. Um, one, just the only word to describe this was delightful. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it. I know... All the older fans probably hate it. I watched a video with like fans of the first two, and they just like just dumped on this movie. And I, when I watched it, I was like, I don't know what they're seeing. I like you guys. Second movie. (laughs) Like you guys were saying, the last um, bit of the movie isn't that great, but like three quarters is great. Um, The kids. Great actors. Um, never once irritated. Never once like I was just all the humor hit for me. I love the humor. Like um, when he was like when Paul Rudd was like I triangulated the <laughs> the location. And she's like, did you use three of them? And he's like, yes, I know what a triangle is. <laughs> and she's like, I was just being obtuse. And then she winks <laughs> at him. I was like, delightful. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> I was like, man, these kids are great. Um, <laughs> Paul Rudd's great, and um, like you guys, I thought he should be should have been in it more. They should have got just some. They could have just made the brother the dog or something, or just other people those dog characters or something. Because Paul Rudd needed to be in it more. Oh, oh just um, take all of the Sonic workers or whatever that place was. And the Sonic. <laughs> make them the oh, uh, the spinners uh, burger shop. Yeah, that I, I like that it was called spinners but they didn't have a spinner song like i was like oh and then i was telling jonah the the, the burger should have been called rubber band man or like the combo is rubber band man or something like that <laughs> i thought that had been fun um yeah drop the ball there ghostbusters but, um... <laughs> maybe they couldn't get the rights jerry <laughs> um but no i really enjoyed this um i've seen the first one a long time ago i don't remember it at all like i just remember the big marshmallow man that was my favorite part i only remember the and, painting and the dude like looking up wherever they are that's like the main part i remember i don't know why hmm. that's the and second then on, yeah i think so <laughs> yeah on this one i love the marshmallow men <laughs> they were so cute and um i like that one that's just laying on the graham cracker and they melt chocolate on him yeah <laughs> he's just like ooh um but no i really i really enjoyed this is very delightful movie um 
pass it off to Joseph. I don't really have anything else to say. Real quick, I love it when that marshmallow guy like falls out. The first one falls out. Just the little detail of like the <laughs> the holes yeah. in the oh, shelf. No, they're like there for a second, and then they immediately like fill back out. <laughs> like, yeah, that's such a good, that's a, such a good detail. My turn. Um, yeah, I'm basically the same as you guys. Uh, I love the movie. I thought it was great. The kids were great. I could totally see them just like having their own Ghostbuster movie after, because like, like you guys said, the end of the it's probably the worst part, and it's like all the fan service and stuff like that. So like once they did that with this one, they don't really have to do that in the sequel. So it'd be kind of cool just to see them kind of. And they are. They did say that they they want to make a sequel that um, where they go up against the second villain. So hopefully it doesn't turn out like the end of this one because like you guys were saying, the possession stuff's right out of the first movie. Oh, really? um, it's like Sigourney Weaver gets possessed, and it's like funnier with her though because it's like a demonic voice coming out of Sigourney Weaver, <laughs> and um, <laughs> that's why she's at the end of the movie too. So. Um, but yeah, like you said, that that was the weakest part. I think even like the old Gus, Ghostbuster stuff, it was really cool to see them like back in the uniforms and stuff. Like, but I think the ending just kind of dragged a little too much. They like kind of wanted to do too many jokes and stuff, and then there was is kind of like too much. Like it would have been a lot. I thought it it also it dropped, missed the opportunity to have like Phoebe save the day because like. It turned it more about like the grandpa like saving the day with her than like it would have been cool to see like she like come up with like something like scientific or something like a right. plan that I thought it would be cooler to see her actually save the day um, instead of what we got. But uh, but yeah, she was a great character. I love all her like stupid jokes that she kept trying to tell everyone <laughs> during the whole movie. Um, and, like, even the brother, like, Mike on Stranger Things can be a little grating at times. Like, in, like he could have totally been that character on this movie, but his character was fine. He was, like, he was trying to impress this girl and <laughs> not having much luck with it and stuff like that. But he, he kept trying and stuff. And the movie's, like, really, like, positive. Like, like not a lot of movies are like that anymore. They, they try to be dark and stuff all the time, but this one was just kind of the big jokes all the time. And like, even the mom, they're like completely poor, but she's like, what on dates, yeah. Chinese food and stuff like that. And, uh, uh, like you said, telling your daughter not to be, <laughs> not to be like her. Um, uh, yeah. It was real fun. Um, like the act of one stuff, like Michael said, was really cool. Um, because you always have that, like, because I grew up on, like, the cartoons and stuff like that. So it was, like, you're just, like, waiting for that siren to go off because it has such a unique siren to it. Um, so it was really cool to see it because they, they don't do it right away. They, like, actually wait for it to do the siren. Um, and I kind of, like, I kind of want him to go back in time and put the Ecto-1 into the Ready Player 1 because I think that's, like, <laughs> that in like the speed race the Mach 5 I think those oh. are like the two cars that are missing from Ready Player One in that driving scene um, yeah true so I just I if we ever build a time machine we need to go back yeah, tell Steve tell Steve to fix his <laughs> <laughs> we'll take the TARDIS from Ready Player One go back in time and then to yeah. um 
Yeah, but I don't really have too much to say on this movie. I really liked it. Um, we only got to see... We actually missed one of the end credit scenes because I, th- mm. I was only expecting to be one. There's actually two, so we didn't get to actually see the last one. But Yeah, it was good. Like so we might have to go back and watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, our theater was actually really Ghostbuster fan heavy. Like, everyone stayed oh, really? in the credits. They were super into it during the movie. Like, whenever um, the first ghost blast out of the uh i think it was a blast out of the the well whatever at the top of the mountain like mm-hmm. this lady like jumped back has her hand over and she's like freaking out through the whole thing she's like <laughs> dancing the music to the thing i was like oh my gosh she's so into this but, like the whole row in the front we're talking about the lore and everything after the movie's like good lord yeah at like, yeah. 12, at like 12 o'clock on a sunday <laughs> yeah there's like plenty of people in there and they were all ghostbuster huge fans that's it's, cool it's pretty man. awesome we went down too and it was fun because they show all that stuff and before it yeah. like yeah like the uh the high sea drink the ecto cooler and stuff like that so um brought back a lot of memories um and then apparently british people love ghostbusters because all the commercials were like british <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah uh what was i gonna say there was something else um it was funny we were they talk about like when they go to that driving the mom's like Wow, you don't have places like this anymore. And I, I told my younger brother, it's called Sonic. It's like, <laughs> no, like they're everywhere. Sonic. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, real fun movie. Real fun. Um, does anyone have anything else? The only other part that was Jared, Jared didn't bring up when he was talking about the joke she made to him about the um, triangle or whatever. In the, in the end, I just love Paul Rudd's reaction to that because he's like, that's terrible. I love it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like that's a kind of a point where it like just kind of kicks off their relationship. I don't know. It's great. I love this movie. That's one thing is um, when they're playing chess, like when she goes and she they start moving pieces. Me and Jared was like, I, we wish that that game would have gone longer. Like they would have played that <laughs> joke longer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see how far that joke could have gone. Um, oh yeah, and uh, Paul Rudd's like. He's showing the kids horror movies like they show like Cujo and Chucky. Um, isn't yeah. Paul Rudd in a horror movie? Which one is he? He's like in Halloween. Halloween. Three. No. Not is it three? I thought it was like six. It's one of the newer, like the later ones. But mm. they yeah. could have. They took. They could have showed that one that to the funny. class. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Did you have anything else to say, Jordan? No. Okay, so why don't we move on to the watch list this week? And I think Michael has the largest watch list. So Do I? Go first. Yeah. We'll have to re uh, count. I think I have a right count of five, but we'll see. Anyway, we'll get through it. Um, the first one we watched, we actually, Alex and I watched 8 Bit Christmas last weekend. I, I watched that. Oh my goodness, <laughs> this movie is exactly what the trailer was just absolute fun mayhem and just ridiculousness. Nice. Um, because we the major trailer come on came on at the beginning of um Ghostbusters today, and we both after the movie were like, "Let me tell you about how I got my Nintendo Entertainment System." But um, but yeah, I don't remember like it's been a it's been a week, so you know my brain forget most forgets most of the movie. But I don't know, it's just great characters of the movie and like the interesting story and like the kind of twist they had where it kind of drug on a little bit at the end of like, oh, another twist. Oh, he still didn't get, it, still didn't get, it, still get it. Kind of went on a little long, but I still enjoyed it. I thought it was a super super fun movie. If you're into uh, yeah. holiday movies this year, it was in the trailer, but I liked how the TV fell on the dog. <laughs> yeah. And then later, like, the later on, they're like, 
Oh, he didn't die. He just has three broken legs and a ruptured like rib cage. And you're like, good <laughs> lord. <laughs> like he probably won't be able to run or something like that. Yeah. My favorite. And then, um... Oh, good. Oh, good. You go ahead. Okay. Um. So I watched this with uh my mom, and um that scene came on where he gets like the bookenders, and she's like, oh, it's like <laughs> that one Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yes, uh, it funny. is. <laughs> we don't talk about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I loved I loved after that whole thing of like it kind of mocks that time and frame of being like video games are violent, video games are bad. They have the parents protesting of the two like guarding outside the shop whenever he's trying to go in and buy it. <laughs> like I love those scenarios where it's like sneak around the parents, they're calling them in the in the mall and everything. But it was a fun movie. What do you think, Alex? If you want to go ahead and get it out of the way? Yeah, pretty much the same. I, there's not a ton to say, but yeah. except for just like it, this movie shouldn't be as good as this. True. It's just, it's really good. And Steve Zahn is the dad, man. Oh my <laughs> gosh, he was awesome. Like it, it did have that spoiler for everything you talk about, that sad tone, though. Like, like the whole movie had like a, a thing it was leading to, which I didn't expect was that kind of like meaningful relationship and everything. But yeah, it was, it was, it was heavy. I liked it. Yeah, it, was, it was very yeah. good. But, yeah, I don't have anything else. Fair so enough. It's very good. Uh, and then while I was putting up my tree, I usually just click on like the newest Netflix movie that they make for Christmas ever. Like last year, or was it last year, year before? Had to be year before. It was the Klaus one or whatever. That one was really good. This year mm. I watched um, Boy Called Christmas. Not a good movie. Not. It's uh, <laughs> a little unfortunate. It has great. Um, who's in this movie? Hold on. I'm going to look this up while I talk about it. Because it has some great actors in it, but it's basically like. Uh, this kid's a dad and his kid and his mom's dead and uh, the, the town needs hope and the, the king of the town is what's his name he's Harry Potter plays Slughorn in Harry Potter 6 um, hilarious actor but um, and, and so the, he wants every, he, he hires a bunch of people to go find hope whatever he's like go find something that brings hope and magic back to everything so they all go and try and find elfdom which is rumored to be you know the land of the elves but no one really believes it so everyone's tasked to go get it and they'll get like basically rewarded with a bunch of money so they can live because everyone's poor and you know starving and everything except for the king um and so yeah so it has maggie smith in it she's kind of narrating the story to the children in the beginning it has uh joel fry who's in game of thrones uh who else was a big name in this there's one more i thought where was he i don't know but anyway like and the thing about this movie like it has great visuals like some extremely impressive creatures and everything that are like visually awesome really but it, it, the, the movie, I don't know if it, we didn't watch trailer for this, but uh, I don't know. I thought we'd be it for a second, but he has a mouse. And the, the whole movie is like he's trying to teach his mouse how to talk. And so whenever they finally get to the magic world, the mouse learns how to talk. And it's just the worst thing ever. Like, Jeez, it, that does not sound good. It sounds almost like they didn't plan it, even though they had to have with the beginning of the story. But like he interjects. It's just the worst, the worst tryhardy humor ever, because no one really acknowledges it there you can tell it's all after dubbed and everything and it's not like planned so it's like oh this scene's kind of quiet say something here and he goes oh don't do that like good job and then they move on it's just awkward none of it lands it's freaking like if that mouse wasn't in it it would probably jump this up like five points for how bad that mouse is in the movie but anyway we'll skip Jeez, we'll, it's it's bad he's terrible he's terrible um basically ruins the movie but Anyway, great visuals, though. We did actually have very great, great visuals. Anyway, move on from that uh, story time. I follow an Instagram account. Uh, I don't remember the name of it. I'll look it up in a minute. But um, he does. He's been doing a series for every year since the 50s. He does the top nine movies in every year from the 50s. So 
my first plan was I should watch all these while I'm at work, you know, put them on. And then I started doing the math. And I'm like, oh, we're getting like 450 plus movies. And so he, <laughs> he does like roundups. Uh, it's his channel is called Cinema Tech Techni Cinema T E C H N E. What the heck that is? Anyway, it's on Instagram. I've heard of that. Yeah. And so. So he does like a roundup at the end of it. So the 50s, the top nine movies of the 50s is what he's doing. So I'm going to I've been starting with the 50s. And I'm going to move to the 60s and 70s anyway. So I can do the top nine movies of each decade instead of each year, which I initially started with each year, which the first one was um, all about Eve. So I watched which ooh, who directed that movie? Don't remember who directed that movie. But anyway, that movie, like it's kind of weird because I've I've you know, you've seen old movies and everything, but like all these movies I've watched are extremely impressive, like. It, I mean, there are the, you know, quote unquote, best of the decade based by this guy. But this one's basically about this one. This one's not as top tier, but it's um, it's more of like a character film about this girl. It's it's super interesting because it starts off and this girl's really. Uh, she she she's obsessed with the play, like she's always seen the theaters. And so one of the actress's friends comes out and meets her and she's like, hey, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm a big fan of her, blah, blah, blah. And so she's like, oh, I'll introduce you to the, introduce you to the actress. And the actress kind of takes over her kind of almost mentorship she like starts to work for her she takes her in and everything and and you could tell this lady starts to want to be like an actress like she she'll carry her gown like a scene where she sees herself in the mirror you know like kind of envisioning her on stage and bowing and everything and so it kind of like brings in this idea someone brings in the idea to the actress like hey she's using you to get to this point she's like she's playing as this friend whatever like trying to be a great companion whatever going with this thing but it's really and so the whole rest of the movie is like dealing with, hey, is she bad or is she good? And it's 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 so well done because you genuinely have no idea or I didn't have any idea like how well they acted out and how they do the characters. But you're also like like you start putting seeds of doubt because at first she seems like a super innocent, like really enjoyable, lovable character. And then you're like, wait, are you a bad person? Like, are you are you dark and like just using all these people? It's super interesting. So all about Eve is a great movie. So then I went to uh, I decided not to do the year by year. I went to the decades and freaking this movie that was the first on the list. Twelve Angry Men. Have you guys ever seen this? Yeah. Holy cow. This movie's good um, for <laughs> Alex the courtroom. One, yeah. Right? Yeah. This yeah. is it's and, and it's so interesting because it's like it shows what you can do with basically one room. They have a few shots of them walking up the courthouse, but it's 12 men on a jury for a murder trial, basically. And. Uh, it has to be, you know, unanimous, unanimous decision either way. Hey, he's guilty. He's not guilty. That's what jury has, jury has to do. And the, all of them go around. The movie starts to like, yeah, they're all kind of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's guilty, 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 guilty. Gets the last guy and he's like, not guilty. And they're like, what? Like, did you not just see the trial we're in? Did you not just pay attention to everything? He's like, he's like, yeah, but you have to be beyond reasonable doubt to say he's guilty. And I'm not beyond reasonable doubt. And so the movie takes up from there. And it's just literally that entire room for like two and a half hours of them discussing it. And it is just incredible of how they discuss and the stories that come behind all these things. You should, it's one you should hundred percent watch Alex. It was so freaking good. Um, all right. But yeah. To right. watch 12 angry men. I had to skip some of the, uh, there's a lot of Kurosawa movies on his top nine, but I can't read all of them at work. I'm, you know, moving back and forth. So then the next one I watched was rear rear window directed by Alfred Hitchcock. A good one. This was a really good one. Uh, basically this guy has his leg broken. He's a photographer. He likes to travel a lot. And so he's, in the house for like, I can't remember if it's six weeks or they're several months anyway. And so, and he kind of, it's just kind of like him and I'm assuming New York. I don't really remember what the city was, but, and it's the kind of like neighborhood square in between a bunch of tall apartment buildings or whatever. So they have like the little park in the middle. And so he just, he basically sees 
these stories play out through windows across his neighborhood or whatever. And you can see everyone doing everything and something suspicious happens and he starts to suspect someone of crime, whatever, and kind of plays out from there. And it's, it's a really, really well done movie. Very um, enticing characters, enjoyable. But uh, the only thing about this movie that was just, I couldn't help but laugh was the last scene when the, the, the guy's coming at him and he's, you know, you, he, he has the idea. He'll have a camera. I have a light bulb. I'm going to flash the guy as he's coming at me. But it's just like the worst done scene I think I've ever seen. Because <laughs> like the whole movie is really well done. But then he, he flashes him and it goes in on the guy, fixes his glasses. And then he starts walking forward again. He changes the light bulb and he flashes him. But there's like no tension at all because it's just the same scene of him fixing his glasses. It's like you see him change the light bulb, do this or something like they, <laughs> they, they really should have just done it one or two times. But they do it literally probably five times as he's walking like a video game yeah and they have the same animation for the same thing (laughs) but he's only walking like 20 feet across a room but they do it five times in these 20 feet but apart from that the movie was fantastic it was super cool a Um, lot of scenes like that in alfred hitchcock movies like these movies aren't really good but there's always like weird scenes like (laughs) like vertigo and they're falling and it's like weird like backgrounds going on (laughs) <laughs> oh but yeah that was a really good one and then i watched uh i think this is yeah this is the last one i watched so however many we've gotten to um last one i watched was some like it hot directed by uh billy Wilder. wilder 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 yeah um it's a comedy romance one where two guys they witness something they shouldn't have in uh chicago i believe and Wait, uh sorry real quick is this on the list of top 10 of the movies year? of the 50s interesting okay uh yeah and so it's just kind of, it's, and it's just this guy. It's not like some official list or whatever. It's just this Instagram I know, I know, I know, I know. thing. But uh, anyway, they're all highly rated anyway. But uh, so anyways, these two uh, musicians see a crime they shouldn't have seen. And uh, they basically have to go on the run because they're, they're out of work musicians, is what I'm trying to say. And they see a crime they shouldn't see. So they have to go undercover. And they're the only job they've heard of that's available right now is for two women to play in an all-women band. And, so the, and they need a saxophone player and a uh, bassist, a celloist, whatever. And so they basically go undercover as two women. And then, of course, Marilyn Monroe is the singer of this band and they both want Marilyn Monroe. So it turns to this ridiculous, just absolutely absurd scenarios leading between them trying to get her. And then like, <laughs> my favorite part is like one of the main guys. tells the other one, he's like, remember, you're a girl. You're a girl. Like they're on the train going to think you're a girl. Say it with me. I'm a girl. I'm a girl. I'm a girl. He looks back and all the women are changing and he's like, I'm a girl. I'm a girl. <laughs> but then it turns around later on because he, he gets he gets like hit on by this really like the whole thing is like Marilyn Monroe is trying to get a, a, a rich boyfriend. So one of them pretends to be a, a rich um, millionaire for, that owns shell company, whatever. And then the, the other guy is still being the girl the whole time. So he's not changing back and forth. And then a billionaire wants him as his wife (laughs) but then it gets to the point where uh he gets so sucked into it he's like oh we're gonna we're gonna get married and the other guy's like what he's like you're a boy say it with me you're a boy you're a boy he's like i'm a boy i'm a boy (laughs) it is the most absurd movie like for the 50s too i'm like this is just crossing very so many lines i feel like for that time but it is man it is hilarious that sounds very stupid awesome. very stupid like it, it it is absurd hijinks to the extreme so ridiculous but it is it's a pretty funny movie but he's terrifying though like these men are not attractive women they are terrifying women. No. <laughs> like he has really thin lips but he puts a, i mean it's black and white so the makeup it just comes out dark so he looks kind of like the joker but i don't know <laughs> It's like in white chicks, so they look like horrifying. That's literally, women. that's all I can think of. Like, this is just white chicks in the 50s, and it's hilarious. It is 
it is absolutely absurd. But it, it was a small anecdote before I close out of my, my movies. That's all I watched. But um, I kept seeing Marilyn Monroe was in uh, All About Eve as well. And I was like, I know the name Marilyn Monroe, but I don't know anything about her. So then I actually ended up looking at her story, which was so sad. I didn't know anything about her story. Her, her story is absolutely just like she only she was, what, 36, I think, when she did, killed herself, actually. Oh, and like, yeah, like she'd been molested and like put up for like foster homes and orphanages all her life and everything trying to use it. Like it was just I didn't know anything about it. So it was very interesting going back and watching these moving movies and kind of seeing because, you know, I always thought of Mary Monroe, I'm not going to say anymore. Monroe <laughs> was just kind of like this ditzy. I'm an actress person, but like she was well educated. She had, had like 400 books in her oh. home of like all these like intricate philosophies and everything like. It was crazy. It's just a very interesting person to learn about. But that's all I watched. And we'll get to more. I'm going to try and watch the Kurosawa movies here because I can't read that at work. And then I'll try and close out the 50s next time for the top. But yeah, I thought it was it would be a fun thing to try and like watch all these old movies. Yeah. And then whenever I get done with all of them through the 2000s, we'll uh, go back and maybe do it year by year. Take the rest of my life, but I'll do it. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> good. It's fun, though. And Alex, you didn't give me a movie to watch, so. I didn't watch you a movie, for dude. You. I'm so bad at that. I don't even. I don't even remember what movie Jared gave me to watch. Uh, and then Thomas, wow. I still watched his. He never he gave, gave me, me a movie either. Yeah. So I'm just well, gonna skip. Should just skip both of you and go to Joseph again. You guys disgust me. No, I'll give you a movie, Mike. I'll give you. I'll give okay. you. Okay. Well, you can go next then, while you think about my movie and talk about yours. Wait, I go next. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, let me pull up my list. I think I watched. Just two? No, three? Two? Three, but one of them was a bit Christmas, and I already talked about that, and there's not much to say about that anyway. So, um, okay, so I watched, yeah, I watched a bit Christmas. I watched uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, Boom. Have you guys heard of this? Yeah, for Andrew yeah. Garfield. Yep, yep, yep. I thought, I went in just thinking it was a musical with Andrew Garfield. I was like, I'm down. Um, and it turned out to be actually the true story about the guy that wrote Rent. And just about his life, which I almost immediately was disappointed when I started it because I rent is probably my least favorite musical I've ever seen. I think the story's good, but I think the 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 musical style is like my least favorite. It's just I don't like it. It doesn't seem to have a lot of uh like chorus type melodies to it. It's just kind of like a lot of nonsense verses that don't really string together musically, in my opinion. I've only seen it once, so maybe I should give it another shot. Um, but I have a feeling I won't really like it in a second viewing because in this movie, the music's kind of the same thing. It's like, there's like one, maybe two songs that I was like, okay, I can kind of get behind this. I like this. There's a song in uh, a, a cafe, and it's pretty good. I liked it. Um, or at least I wasn't like repulsed by it. Um, whereas a lot of the music of this movie, I was like, God, just stop. Like, why are you doing this? Um, that being said, it's a fantastic movie outside the music. Like uh, the story is really good. I think that his performance is really good. I feel like the pacing is good. I actually would recommend that people watch it. Um, but, you know, be warned about the music. Cause at least if you're like me, you probably won't like it. Um, so yeah, uh, oh yeah, and it has a, uh, geez, what is her name? Uh, high School Musical, um, Vanessa Hudgens. Haven't seen her in something forever. She's still very attractive. Um, 
in like a mom way now, but still very attractive. <laughs> um, anyway, so, okay, so <laughs> I, I haven't gotten to Jared's movie or Thomas's movie yet, but uh, the only other movie I watched was The Warriors. Hey. So, <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> so I did. I did. Um, I see why Michael doesn't like it. I see it. I, I, I do. I understand it. But I think you're a re- really dramatic about this movie. I think this movie is really fun. I, I, uh, I, I do. I think it's very fun. What version did you watch? I don't know. Whatever was on HBO, I think. I think it was on HBO. Michael, you're just a dramatic man. That's but, but 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 I do get it, and I do think that the movie is worse the longer it goes, for sure. Like the nah. beginning. Of, so the beginning of the movie, I think Michael even hated this. I, well, he hated everything about this movie. But the beginning of the movie, I was like, this is kind of awesome. Like yeah. when they that guy that played Cyrus, I was like, you are so yeah, cool. He was, I said that in my thing. I was like, he was the oh, only good part about okay. this movie. Okay, yeah, he was awesome. Like I was like. And of course it's obnoxious. They're all like wearing like like stupid matching uniforms, like they're in you know first grade. But but I I, I didn't care. I was kind of down is with this it. First grade you guys have gone to. It's where the most fun children fun in a movie. <laughs> they definitely are wearing clothes like they were in the first grade, pretending <laughs> to be gangs. Um. <laughs> But it, this just felt like an anime to me. It felt like obnoxious, like an anime. Uh, the scene where the running, the 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 guys on the bus are driving around after him. Not really when they're chasing him down, because I'm like, why aren't you just pressing the gas pedal a little bit harder? They're just running in front of you, just run them over. Um, but it, when they're looking for him, I was like, this is awesome. This feels like a. Oh, it, it, it reminded me of that. Uh, what was it? Stupid movie where that <laughs> that guy's riding around. It's like post apocalyptic. That guy's riding around on his like BMX bike, and everyone's got colorful bats and stuff. Oh yeah, what was that? Turbo Rocket kid or something? Turbo, oh yeah, Turbo, Turbo kid. kid. <laughs> it reminded me of that. I, I was like, this that. is just this movie's silly. Like it's just very very silly. And uh, <clears throat> um, but the further the further on it went, I was like, oh my gosh, okay, these are just the same things happening. Like they're just running into people. And the people were like, ah, oh, you guys killed Cyrus. And then they go after him. And then it's like, ah, oh, geez. Um, <laughs> change it up. <laughs> yeah, change it up a little bit. And it that's why I feel like the second half is is very, it's pretty weak. Because it's just, it's the same thing as the first half just continued. Um, but man, the the leader guy of the Warriors, he's awesome. I, I was like, uh, uh, but also the other guy that ends up getting arrested that actor is he from anything else? I he looks so familiar. The one with the gap in his teeth, and he's like, he's he's calling everyone. Uh, no offense to anyone, but he's calling everyone fags. And then, but then I'm like, I kind of think you might be gay as a character. I was, you know, it felt like it felt like a, a, a Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, now <laughs> the dog. Um, but his character was awesome. I thought he was like so like. <laughs> he's just, he's just trouble. Like he's one of those guys that's like, yeah, just stay away from him. Like he's 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 bad news. But uh, but he did end up helping out and everything. But I I don't love this movie. I think I think that it's it, it, again the second half is just it's I I really wish it was all like the first half. But but yeah, Michael, I I, I don't know, I don't know, man. I don't, you 
Just you bringing thought, up that character it made me angry. You bringing up <laughs> that you bringing up that stupid character made me angry. He was Which awful. Character? The main guy wasn't well, so like, bad, but he's still weird. But that the guy, the, the angry guy, he's just like, oh, you're so dumb. You're so you're crazy. Annoying. He was awesome. Because oh he was the one who was he was the, the one who he wanted to be in charge of the warriors. Yeah. And and he 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 would eventually lead them to their ruin. <laughs> anyway. Oh. Other than that, like there's a lot of pointless scenes, like whenever they go and the, there's all those girls that try and kill them in that apartment or whatever. Because they seduce them. They're the sirens of the Odyssey. Sure. Because they're like, uh, we need to go for our friend. Oh, there's ladies. Exactly. sitting here for like 30 minutes and do nothing. And then, oh, there's a knife. Woo. Yeah. I, I, that was kind of dumb. And there were no, almost nobody made good decisions in this. But, but especially the first half, it was fun. It's definitely fun. But you could see it being like remade into something cool, oh, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Oh yeah, hundred like, percent. Like the Russo brothers, I think, are the ones that want to bring it back. So, dude, hundred like, percent, this could be made really well. Yeah, make them kids though. I yes, do agree with Michael. Kids. This movie would be way more fun if they were like, if it was like kids, kids trying to actually like, be serious, it'd be perfect. Like Turbo Man, like it's like kids that are like thinking that what they're doing is actually really serious, and it's just silly. He's riding around on a BMX bike, but just give it to James. But, uh, <laughs> Anyway, it's supposed to be like post-apocalyptic, isn't it? Turbo Kid, yeah. Oh, Turbo Kid. Oh, is it just? Yeah, I don't think so. There's still police that are walking and everything. Yeah, it's not. It's just how the New York was in the (laughs) seventies. Yeah. (laughs) But I, 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 my last thing I want to leave it with was that that whole like collection scene where all the gangs came together. That was awesome. I love that scene. And you have that crazy guy that shoots him just because he wants something to happen. Or, or what did he say? He's like, I. I was just curious what would happen. I don't remember, but yeah, he, he was kind of annoying, but he was fun too. Uh, yeah, that, that's it. You uh, know, it's kind of annoying, Michael. Stop <laughs> yeah. rolling your eyes. This movie's the worst <laughs> movie I've ever seen in my life. Apart from House. Yeah, yeah, House is definitely worse. Oh, Jesus. Uh, um, but it, it was mostly fun. Again, the second half, pretty garbo. But drunk. anyway, um, I will throw it to Joe. Um, before I get to my list, I just wanted to mention that um, that McKenna Grace, who played Phoebe, she was in this uh, movie, this charming movie with Chris Evans. Oh. She's, where they're both charming. It's called Gifted. Um, it's basically about a dad raising a gifted um, daughter. So if you go check that out, if you want to see her again, it was directed by Mark Webb, hmm. Spider-Man fame. Oh, so. yeah. The Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Cool. So. Bring it all back. So my movies this week, I forgot to mention one last time um, that I watched. Which, and I'm sad because it was a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. It was um, Hearts in, in Atlantis. Um, it's based on a Stephen King short um, short novel collection. There are like four stories in that book. Um, or maybe like even more. But I kind of wish that they adapted some of the other stories. But it basically adapts two of them. Um, it's really good. It was uh, Anthony Hopkins. He's like the, he mentors this young boy that doesn't have a dad, um, who's played by uh, what's his name, Yelchin, Anton Yelchin. Um, oh, Anton, the guy that died. Yeah, right? yeah, mm-hmm. and he's like really young in this uh, movie. Um, but a really good movie. It's always fun to hear Anthony Hopkins just talk. <laughs> um, it takes place in like the it's like nineteen fifty nine or something like that. Like right before the '60s, um, and there's like 
there's some supernatural stuff going on, but it's not like a horror movie like you would expect a Stephen King movie. It's more like the other Stephen King movies that you say, oh, I didn't know he wrote that. <laughs> uh, a really good movie. Um, uh, the next movie I watched was uh, Red Notice from Netflix. Uh, real stupid movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it wasn't made for me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can see why you might have fun watching it, though. If you want to put on like a stupid movie and just have fun, you could do that. Um, uh, what was I going to say? But you can see the twist coming like a mile away the whole movie, but when it gets there, you still don't believe it. it like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't believe this at all. Um, and then I watched, I finally got around to watching The Irishman. Uh, oh, wow. Oh. What a weird movie for me. <laughs> For me, um, it was good. It was a good movie, but it's so weird because, like, the beginning of the movie, it's like a flashback. The whole movie is a flashback, basically. But they don't get like young actors to play like Robert De Niro. They get they just like de-age him, and it looks terrible. It just looks terrible. It was the worst this, decision they made. Yeah, and there's this scene where he's like beating up on this like grocer, but you don't. Know, He's like kicking him, but you're like that would hurt. That would tickle, if anything. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that really like took me out of like the first like decade they talk about. Um. Uh, Joe Pesci's really good in it. I can see why a lot of people loved him in that. Um, a lot of good actors in it. Um, but then it gets the second part, and then another thing that just like bugs me the whole time is like. The movie is basically about um, Jimmy Hoffa, like, and no one knows what happens to Jimmy Hoffa. It's like this big mystery. I mean, we know that he was probably murdered by the mob, but we don't know it for sure. But the movie is pretty much straight out just, like, tells you that this guy killed Jimmy Hoffa. And it's just like, wait a minute, is this based on a true story or is this, like, a fictional story? So I look it up and it's, like, it's based on this guy's book that um, he wrote. And he pretty much just, like, confesses to the murder of Jimmy Alpha in the book. So that, that kind of, like, took me out, because I was like, what, what is going on? Is this, like, a fictional story or whatever? <laughs> so um, this movie gave me problems, but it, it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. And it's long. It's really long. The ending, man. It gets to a part where you think, oh, that would be a make good, nice ending. <laughs> but then it goes on. And then you're like, oh, that, 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 that scene's okay. But then it goes on again. And you're like, we don't need to see this guy die, basically. <laughs> um, you could have cut it back a little bit. Um, there's that one good scene where he, like, talks to his daughter. Or, like, the daughter won't talk to him at all because she's just, like, disgusted with him. But, but basically, the, the, it just drags and drags. We, I mean, we have to watch him by his coughing. It's just like... We don't need that, man. We just just put a bow on it and end the smoothie for us. Yeah, that um, movie's so long, and I still don't remember a single thing about the story. <laughs> Not one thing. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of like anything funny in it. Well, they eat steaks, and steaks always look good on movies. So, <laughs> um. And then finally, I watched a movie called The French, or just French Exit. I was going to watch it last time because we watched um, The French Dispatch, so I didn't get, but I didn't get to it. Um, it's uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and uh, one of the X-Men guys. I think he played um, uh, with the main, what's what Cyclops' bro, Havoc? I think that was him. 
It's one of the new X-Men guys, but basically it's this movie has like no plot. It's like a lady who loses all her money. She's always, she was rich and she she was living the rich life, but then now she has no money. So her friend like pits her up in her apartment in Paris. Um and they take their cat and the cat's like has the soul of her dead husband in it and they talk to him. <laughs> it's just all this random stuff that's going on. Her son's like a loser and she always like bails him out of everything. Um and like finally he stands up to his fiance's other fiance because like she gets a new boyfriend or whatever when he's in Paris. So it's just it was just like didn't like this movie that much it's a, too bad because michelle pfeiffer like is good in it of course she's um she's like the best part of the movie but it's just like the plot was just like not there and it's like i don't know i don't i don't get the point of that movie but there's there's the scene where she's in a like a french restaurant and like the waiters are being rude to her and the waiter goes like they want their food but the waiter goes out to have a smoke instead so she like lights. She she, she like gets the perfume, and the waiter's like, "What the heck are you doing?" She like sprays it on these like flowers in front of her, and then she like takes a lighter, and the waiter's just like, "Oh my god!" And she just like lights the table on fire. That was probably the best part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was all I have this time. Um, so, but Jared, what was your pick of the week? I haven't gone yet. Oh my God. <laughs> you can tell us after you've gone. Okay. You always do. You're rude. You're just rude. Um, <laughs> I forgot. Because so I usually I wa- go last. I watched four, but we already talked about um, 8-Bit. 8-Bit Christmas. So what I watched, uh, first I watched The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, directed by um, Aronofsky. Um this is a really good movie. I wasn't expecting to like it. I've always heard good things about it. Um, it's about a wrestler, like, at the end of his career. Um, he's, like, 40 now, and, like, his body has taken the toll of being a professional wrestler. But he's still... That's all he knows, so he's still doing it. Um, um, one day, he has, like, a heart attack, and he can't do it anymore, so he has to go, like, become a butcher or work at a deli counter and then um he's like he's alone because he doesn't have a fa- like he doesn't have a family so he he does have a daughter and so he's trying to reconnect with her but he keeps messing up and then it's just a really sad life <laughs> at the end <laughs> um but it's a really good movie I, I liked it a lot um the next thing i watched i can't say the same um is 1923's The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, it's an old movie, more reading than anything, silent movie. Um, not bad, just kind of too long. Um, there's a random scene of like a spider eating a butterfly. <laughs> um, that really stuck out to me because it's just a spider and he just crawls up to the butterfly, starts eating them. I was like, that's random. Was it like um, a real footage or was it like yeah. costumes? Okay. No, it was a real <laughs> spider eating a real butterfly. Um, but yeah, just a little too long. Um, I bet for the time it was good, but for now it was boring. 
back then, you know, maybe no one's ever captured a spider eating a butterfly. So the director's yeah, like, like, we, we got to put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> Do not cut that. Um, but yeah, it's fine. Um, the other movie I watched is with the whole family. It's called McFarlane. Um, oh, yeah. McFarlane with, USA. Yeah, with, um, what's that guy's name? Kevin Costner. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> that's um, good. It was about um, this guy uh, relocates to a Mc, McFarland, California, heads the like the PE side of that school. Um, and then he eventually starts a um, cross country team. Um, that's about it. It's a very sports movie. It was good though. Um the enchiladas look good. Yeah. And and he got so many, he got like 13. I was like, dang, <laughs> I want 13 enchiladas. <laughs> but yeah, it was another one of those delightful movies I used to talk about. Um see, not everything I watch is just um doom and horror. Yeah. <laughs> Either horror but the or ne- comedy romance. <laughs> but the next one I watched was horror. Um, <laughs> no, nah, it's like a psychological thriller. It's Possession, um, 1981 with Sam Neill. Uh, this is a one of those on my list that I always wanted to watch. Um, what a weird movie! Like, that the acting is weird in this movie, but it's on purpose, I think. Um, Sam seeing Sam Neill so young is weird. He kind of remi- he kind of reminded me of like, uh, what is that guy's name? Freddie Highmore, the guy who played, um. Mm-hmm. In Bates Motel, mm-hmm. he looks he looks like him in the past. I was like, this is weird. <laughs> um, but what a what an interesting movie. Um, have you seen it, Joseph? No, I've heard of it though. Mm, I was kind of hoping uh, Thomas was going to be on this one so I could talk about it. But um, basically, it's a man who is going through a divorce with his wife, and it's just there's some there's a creature in this movie and. It does. It's perfect. Like um, the amount they show is perfect. Like they don't show too much. It take the right amount of build up to it, and then even when you see it, you're like, "What the heck did I?" You're not. You're not sure what you saw, and then they cut away, and so That's you're just like, "So you're just like, what did I just see?" And um, eventually they do, they do show more, and you're just like, <laughs> "It's a very gross. It's a very gross movie." You're like, "Oh." And so I was like, what, what is this, like, what is this about? And, like, um, I read more about it. It's about the director. At the time, the director was going through a divorce himself. Huh. And it's really just about the whole, like, ugliness of that. And, um, like, his anger towards that. Um, great movie. It was a really good movie. Um, I highly recommend it. And, Joseph, now I'm done. Okay. Um, <laughs> Favorite, yeah, favorite. Favorite movie from this? Probably Possession. Cool. Alex? The Warriors? Okay. No, No, definitely not. I'm out. (laughs) It's hard to choose between Ghostbusters and 8-Bit Christmas because the bits that I like about Ghostbusters, I like more. But 8-Bit's just a great movie from beginning to end. So I th- I'm going to go with Ghostbusters, though. It- it's just too good. Michael? This one is hard because Ghostbusters is the most fun easily. 
probably King Richard's the best, I think. But twelve angry men. Wait, just... I'm I'm an idiot. I totally forgot about King Richard. Yes, that's my answer. Okay. I, was so, I was wondering. I was like, I'm kind of surprised by your answer there. But yeah, oh, Ghostbusters is the most fun. King Richard, I think, is probably the best. But twelve angry men, man, that movie, that movie's incredible. I was blown Plastic. away. It's hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, no, it's a classic. But anyway, I don't. Ugh, that's hard. Ah. It's so hard because I watched so much art oh, this last time. I just missed time. all oh of my God. sophistication with black and white. And movies. all I can do is poo-poo on the Warriors, <laughs> even though it's fun and delightful. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think King, King Richard's probably the 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 best of the movies I watched. I'm gonna cheat and say Carson Elenis, even though I watched that for the last podcast. Fair enough. Cheater! Fair Cheater! Enough. Cheater! Okay, Jared. Take us out. That is good stuff. 